0: What did?
1: Howard 100. On today's show, for the first time, Howard welcomes media
2: mogul, podcast host, and author, Stephen A. Smith. Listen, I love Lamar Odom the person, and God bless him, we're wishing nothing but the best, but metaphorically speaking, his first move as an executive of the New York Knicks was to sign Lamar Odom was on crack!
3: See, Robin has switched to the one necklace look uh, this morning. She, no, uh, yesterday, I have... you had. I have two. Oh. all right. I study <laughs> you. I'm a student of Robin. <laughs> hey now, uh, you got a great look. I look with, went those with glasses.
4: earrings today.
3: You got a great look going on. That's all I'm going to tell you. You look very, very good. Uh, you know, I saw me,
4: a, a calendar with these older women. You know, seniors who are doing pin-up kind of calendars. Oh, yeah.
3: I I, I know about that calendar. They sold three
4: copies.
3: (laughs) I heard about that.
4: Well, after looking at those cover girls, I said, you know, maybe I am ready for a beauty contest. You really are.
3: You look good. (laughs) I feel like yeah. you had some work done or something. I don't know what you did to yeah, you. Yeah,
4: so. when did that happen? Uh, I don't know. But uh, you
3: look good. And uh, believe me, I know because uh, I'm an expert. I actually spent a large amount of time evaluating Marin Morris in her bikini on Daily Mail. So <laughs> I've got my chops. You chop.
4: became an expert, yes.
3: Yeah. I can't tell you how much time. You know, uh, someone asked me recently to be in a betting pool. And they said, look, if you would join, it would be great, but uh, you know, just know it takes up a lot of time. And I said, you know, I just don't have a lot of time. I'm, I'm interested in this, but I, I, I seem like I'm always running out of time. And people go, well, what are you busy doing? And I, I realize I spend a lot of time on this website, Daily Mail, looking at women in their bikinis and various outfits. <laughs> and I, I study it and evaluate it. Then I read the comments below to see who thinks they're attractive or not. And I love it, but I spend an inordinate amount of time doing it. And when I'm doing it, I feel like, wow, you know, I complain I don't have enough time. But I really must have enough time if I have time to be doing this. And then I kind of lie to myself and say, well, this is really show prep. This is me preparing for my job because I need to comment on these kinds of things. Like the other day, I'm looking at a picture. I like looking at pictures of Kendall Jenner. The one Kardashian, the one Kardashian I think is actually good looking. You know, like, like, I like Chloe. I like, um, who's the one that came on with Kim Kardashian on our show? Is that Chloe?
4: That was Chloe. I,
3: I find her attractive and she recently did a lot of work on herself in the gym and also plastic surgery, I guess. And she looks terrific. Like she seems very sexy. But the real beauty is Kendall Jenner. She's Bruce Jenner's daughter, formerly Bruce Jenner. She is Bruce Jenner's daughter, and she got his looks in a way. You know, she's a very good-looking Kardashian, and she even occasionally models. And um, well, I think that's what she calls herself—a model. Well, listen, there's so many girls on the internet who call themselves models, <laughs> but what I, what turns out it is—they're not actual models. They have followings on Instagram, ah. and they uh, so they, they in a sense they are they are modeling things, and they get paid because sponsors call them influencers. They have millions of followers, but they're basically in their bikinis, and that's what they're modeling— their own bikinis. They're not well, professional I she models.
4: Walks runways and stuff. She like
3: does. That. She is a real model. Okay. You know, on occasion. On occasion. So, <laughs> well, she's also a celebrity model. There's a difference. Ah. Uh, but she's very good looking. That's it. She's a model. But recently, there was a picture of her. She was walking in the rain and she evidently has a bodyguard and the bodyguard is holding the umbrella over her head. While and he's she, getting rained on. <laughs> yeah, like, like instead of holding her own umbrella, this guy's holding an umbrella. Now I thought to myself, I, I, I study this. This is what I like to study. Some people <laughs> read books. I, I don't. This, uh, I liked it. You read pictures and because I said to myself, you know, I've been in this situation where I've gotten out of a car and somebody will run over and say, hey, let me hold this umbrella for you, you know, or or, or, because you're transferring into a building or something. And to tell you the truth, the few times that happened to me. I don't like it, number one. Number two, it doesn't work. You got some big, beefy bodyguard holding the umbrella and I'm getting rained on. I'm telling you, an umbrella, you got to hold yourself. You can't. You can't have an umbrella that you don't hold for yourself. It's stupid. And, and some of these bodyguards, you don't want to be that close to them. You know, some you do, but some you don't. And, uh, you know, it's crazy. So I studied this picture and I was thinking, well, is Kendall Jenner really having this guy hold an umbrella for her on a regular basis? Was this a three second thing? And the paparazzi guy snapped a picture. So I study this and I try to understand what's going on
4: right how this happened
3: that's right i don't just uh, accept the picture for what it is (laughs) Because a lot of people on the comments they jump to like oh what a prima donna what is she a queen she can't hold her own umbrella and i'm like well who knows who knows what happened there
4: yeah you don't know the backstory uh was that dress valuable or whatever she was wearing was that did that belong to someone and have to be protected and I only trust the Daily
3: Mail, and I'll take for these kind of pictures, why? I'll tell you why. There's another that I have the Yahoo or Google feed. I get a Google News feed. It comes through on my phone. And um, it'll say, sexy, uh, you know, Kendall Jenner wore a see-through dress that shocked everyone. And I'm like, oh, okay. I want to see this. <laughs> I click on it. There's no picture of her in the dress. I don't know what their rules are, but you have to like click on something within the article and then maybe right. you'll find the picture of Ernest in through dress.
4: I have seen those um, kind of things where you go yeah. and look at something somebody's talking uh, about, but it's not there.
3: And it's annoying and Google shouldn't allow that. Like, because it's a fee that they provide because I'm, uh, you know, I use the Google browser. And it's like, it's false advertising. It's like, you know, it's clickbait. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah.
4: They're going to tell you what you're, what you're supposed to see, but yeah. they won't show it to you. No, I'm reading about the see-through dress.
3: That's exactly <laughs> right. And I'm like, you don't have to describe it to me. There's a picture. Let me see the fucking picture, you fucks. I get so aggravated. I even say my wife, look at this headline, Kendall Jenner in a see-through dress and then i and, and i'm spending a good two minutes three minutes of my life and i know i I know google's not going to show it to me it's so weird too it's like when you go on uPorn porn to jerk off it's the same fucking game my phone always plays with me you know your phone is intuitive when you do a search if i search robin quivers and i write robin quivers will pop up with uPorn. porn I guess to protect kids or something. As soon as I type in you, there's everything except porn for, <laughs> for the second word that pops up. They won't they won't they won't admit that there's porn on the Internet. Apple's still pretending we're in Disneyland and there's no porn and it's absurd. Now, OK, I get it. It's a protection. In other words, if a parent, if a kid's doing a research project and he spells Y.O.U., You know, they don't want porn showing up. But let's face it, all these kids probably from the age of five know where that you porn is.
4: And there are other ways that these porn things pop up, not just writing you. Because there's a thing that I go to every day to look at, and it has nothing to do with porn. Right. But if I click on, you know, and I think I'm in the right place, the place I want to be, this this particular site and then I click on something, all of a sudden I'm looking at penises.
3: Yeah, well, good for you. I do no,
4: not good for I believe for you're looking like, for that. Oh, no. And at first I don't necessarily know what it is because sometimes they're big and they're close up. And I'm like, what? And I don't understand why this always, you know, like if I get the wrong one site has the, a name close to the other site. And if I get that site and I click on it every time, penises pop
3: up yeah it's really weird too like um instagram is very intuitive i guess it has hooks into the whole thing even you're searching like i remember for a while i mean i think maybe one time i didn't know who monoskin was uh-huh. monoskin is a band in italy that one one of those america's got talent type shows but italy's got talent or something or europe's got talent i don't know what it was
4: somebody's got talent Um, yeah
3: yeah somebody's got talent but monoskin was a band that was on one of these talent shows and they did a version of uh frankie valley's um what the fuck is the song um megan Begging, begging, begging you. Oh, okay. You don't remember that song Frankie Valli? Was please. it was it four seasons? Yeah. yeah. Baby, please remember ba- and it was good. I, so I looked it up and I liked it. So for a while I was looking at monoskin. Now on Instagram, you would think I was a teenage girl. Everything I get get on search is monoskin. I mean, I, I like them. They're they're they're
4: okay. I mean, well, I like don't them want very to see much. More like them.
3: <laughs> well, the dude dresses. You know, the the dude. He's for young girls. Do the dudes always got his shirt off? And although the bass player is a woman, and she always shows her teddies. She sometimes just puts a little pasties over her nips. She's very really? attractive. Yeah, I like it. But th- this was the song.
1: Put your loving hand out, baby.
3: I thought it was a good take on the song. I think over the summer, I was really, I was singing it all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, it's catchy, you know? I remember the original Beggin' by the Four Seasons. It, was like, it was, you know, it was like, eh. Anyway, I thought it was inventive, and I liked it, and the band was... I thought the band was interesting, but now Instagram thinks I'm like the number one Monoskin fan. And all I get is uh, monoskin videos. I mean, 90% of my day is watching monoskin videos.
4: Well, this is why you can't trust AI, because they're not that smart AI. They just, whatever you look at once, they're going to try to flood you with it and see if they catch you.
3: Well, they're a good band. They're a rock band. In fact, uh, I saw Tom Morello recently collaborated with them. They do a lot of good rock music. And uh, by the way, Moniskin, as a result of all of my uh, fascination, will be doing a special for us on Howard 101 during Grammy Weekend. Yeah, so they're going to do You'll see, they're a good band. I mean, they got a lot of good songs. They're I like... I
1: want to be a slave. I want to be a master. I want to make your heart this beat around like
0: roller coasters. I want to be a good boy. I want to be a gangster. Because you could be the beauty and I could be the monster. I love you safe this
4: morning. No, just...
3: Kids dig that one and I uh, and ZD won't eat. Over. I don't even know how to say it. But they rock, you know, they got a, they got a good sound. And I, like I said, and they
4: the, have their own band. They make music.
3: They make music and the, and the female uh, bass player um, loves to show titties. It's fucking awesome. Well, although I, mean, I don't like music mixed with titty. Like, I, 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 um, although I do like it, I guess. I, I have, well, thoughts stop about it. it.
4: You like any nakedness. Stop it. I so like stop nudity.
3: Trying to, yeah, stop I, I'm a fan of nudity.
4: Say you're you want a oh, stop separation. It. Oh, stop it.
3: <laughs> yeah, I have very specific taste, though in my nudity. I I was uh, masturbating yesterday on uh, UPorn, and it took me like 20 attempts to settle on a video that I like. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, hey, yay! yay this, this woman is like, it wasn't the right scenario. It 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 was false advertising in a way, and I do have to criticize UPorn for this. Although I hesitate to ever criticize them. I never want them to go away. But uh, the, the, the 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 title of the U-Porn was Woman Gets... What the hell were they doing to her? It had nothing to do with the title. Let me look at my... Oh, I can't do my search because I, I did it on uh, Incognito. I was on Incognito. Oh, I see. So I don't have it in my history. But it a- was advertised that some hot woman was going to have something horrible done to her you know like she got scanned or something into being mm-hmm. naked and fucking like you know her teacher fucked her that's what it was she was supposedly getting fucked by her teacher and meanwhile it was ridiculous there was no, no such thing she didn't get <laughs> fucked by her teacher and i got annoyed and so i went on to another one.
4: Oh, they misspiled something well no they did yeah, it was false advertising
3: you know what i mean and then and then like yeah. to be goddamn ridiculous so the one i watched was this
4: Why girl who you porn trying to trick you
3: i don't know <laughs> I, I think what happens is they edit some of the stuff down so i missed the part where he announces that he's a school teacher oh, and that's the part i, I like i
4: didn't get the the build up
3: but i settled on a uh, video it was a, a woman who was being auditioned by this really creepy dude to be in their yoga pants ad and uh you know it was like woman gets scammed uh, into sex from yoga pants uh, ad and it was <laughs> everything it was advertised she comes in and very good looking but very tiny i don't like real tiny women cuz i'm tall but i i was okay with this cuz she hardly weighed anything and you know i'm into that yeah so um so she's there at the audition they got the camera rolling and uh the guy says to her well you know how tall are you and she's like oh i'm 36 stone or something i don't know what the fuck you know she was talking (laughs) european measurements (laughs) (laughs) so i got a feeling she was about five one uh based on what i could tell and then he goes how much do you weigh she goes "Uh, 40 stone or I, i you know again i don't know but she was real skinny and uh the guy goes look um we you know why you're here you're here to uh try on these yoga pants for our ad And she goes, okay, I'll try these on. He hands her the yoga pants and a top that doesn't even cover her titties. (laughs) And he hands it to her and he says to her, okay, can you change into this? And she goes, can you give me some privacy? And he goes, oh, no, we need to have you on camera changing into the yoga pants. And she's hemming and hawing and, you know, she goes, okay, I'll do that. So she gets completely naked and then she gets dressed, which is sort of annoying. It's like, okay, we got her naked. Now we're going to have her get dressed. She put on the yoga pants and the shirt. Like I said, the shirt didn't even cover her titties. And uh, one thing leads to another. The guy says, look, you look good, but let me see you turn around and do some exercises in the yoga pants. (laughs) And she starts exercising. At that point, I fast forward. I said, I don't need to see her. I've seen her naked already. I don't need to see her exercise in the yoga pants. Then he said, I don't know. You know, I must have fast forwarded too far or they were mumbling. But somehow he kind of turned it into like, you know what? Why don't you blow me if you want this job? Uh-huh. And she goes, I would like to. And he goes, you would like to? And, and she goes, yes, I would like that very much. You know, just like real life. And, uh, and and then she starts blowing the dude. And then I have to fast forward through the blowjob because I don't like looking at a guy's penis. I'm very heterosexual.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then he, um, he, he had her take off her yoga pants and he banged her. So you need the
4: banging. You don't want the blowing. I don't like the blowing because there's too much penis blow involved, blow, blow, and I'm not blow, a fan
3: blow. of blowjobs. Really, I, uh-huh. I, it doesn't uh, do anything for me. I feel bad for the women having to put that dirty thing in their mouth. I have a penis. I know where that thing's been. It's disgusting. It's in my underpants all day getting stinky. Like I, I put too much into these porn. I'm like, ooh, she must be smelling his balls and his fucking. Like right. he, he probably urinated to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, do you want to talk? <laughs> that's delusional. Okay. I don't Can even I say know something? Who I am. If you're going to do an impression of me, right? You gotta, you gotta be like, ah, blowjobs. Um, you know, it's okay. I don't love it.
5: I don't love a bl- I do love a blowjob. So. I mean we have to admit we do kind of love it, right?
3: You know what? I realize I do. I do an impression of the impression.
4: Well, that's what I said. You're him doing an impression yeah. of his impression of you. See?
3: You know, so
5: Matt. You kind of find it vocally soothing a little bit. Going, nah. there's something about it <laughs> that is kind of soothing.
3: Yeah. You know what I find? I find during the day I'll hear. Now that you do the impression of me, I fi- I hear me doing it. You know, I hear. Ah. i think, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Every
4: once in a while, when you sound that way, you hear.
3: Yeah. yeah, And I go, oh, Matt's right. I sound like that. What a jerk I am. You
4: know. <laughs> no, not not a jerk. It's just perfectly soothing. In fact.
5: It's four twenty a.m. in Los Angeles right now, where I am, and I had to get up and say "eh" because nothing is more soothing than that.
3: <laughs> can you? <laughs> could you make a? Do you think you could make a good living just doing the Howard Stern impression? But uh, you can't, right? You need to do a bunch of impressions. You can't just live on the Howard Stern impression.
6: Truly,
5: when I tell you, it, it's what happened at the Golden Globes, and, and everyone knew who I, who I was because of that. Uh, yes, yeah, theoretically, I could. Uh, wow. But huh. it, it's enough. It is enough.
3: I was noticing when you did Holly weird squares, I right. feel like the wig you wear to be Howard Stern <laughs> is a little outdated. Like my hair isn't that long anymore. Are you, but do you think you need the long haired Howard Stern in order to make the whole thing work? You can't go to a short haired Howard
7: Stern.
5: You know, I, uh, maybe I'll sort of go fund me because I, I need to get the new Howard, uh, a modern Howard Stern wig um yeah however on, on holly weird squares uh, the 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 commentary was overwhelmingly positive many yeah, no fact, you were great many people are saying it was a lot of fun
3: right that's true Uh who are you now
5: well now i'm trump i have no idea there's a lot of people that try to do it
3: oh, oh you're For doing trump. Trump. Okay. Oh, okay. trump yes yeah I do, yeah, i'm sorry true. i'm not following along <laughs>
5: right. I have no idea. No, the, the the thing is, there, there is so much street cred to doing your voice, though. It, it, it's kind of remarkable, honestly. Like, uh, there's a huge level of respect that comes from, from doing you and well, being in with you guys.
3: First of all, you were very funny on Hollywood Squares. That's number one. Thank you. N- number two, uh, I think... You do a good
4: job. I think you does, do a good you job. It, yeah.
3: And my number two is, let's face it, you're in a a universe of almost zero Howard Stern impersonators. So you're, you, you've got your own lane, you know?
5: Uh, Yeah, no, I I mean, but I'm thankfully carving it because, because you, you guys are huge on TikTok. I don't even know if you fully realize, I think that I that I, I, on TikTok, I think Howard Stern, they think that I am Howard Stern on, on TikTok. I've <laughs> kind of noticed
6: on
3: like Instagram, because I'm not on TikTok, they have tons of clips from our show with Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is huge online. Yeah. Huge. Right. And there's a whole bunch of tape or video of, from our old television shows and all our other stuff, but they never credit me. Like they they kind of mm. cut me out of it, and it's just Beetlejuice talking. You know, think, I mean? I, yeah, hey. know, you know what I
1: mean. It's
5: weird. You know, you know what the, the crazy thing is. I don't even control what happens on Instagram, but I, uh, I, I, I'm. That's fascinating that that happened. Yeah.
3: Hey.
4: Well, Matt, any, what did you call for today? I just really, uh, you know, I wanted to know what you were calling for.
5: <laughs> Truly, I, I, the main reason I'm calling is number one: I'm horribly lonely, and I just wanted to check in with you guys. Now, and I, I, the, the, the the main thing is just. I wanted to get it, it, the point across that uh, this experience yesterday, despite the fact that I interrupted the blowjob incognito conversation, is that I cannot emphasize enough how amazing it is that everyone here in L.A. currently knows me from your show. And I swear to God, like uh, do you,
3: do what, you have a girlfriend?
5: Currently, I do not.
3: Yeah, you're heterosexual or homosexual?
5: H- heterosexual heterosexual yeah.
3: you can't get laid with the howard stern impression i guess
5: <laughs> No, i, do. I, I get you laid do. Uh, i'll tell oh, you, you it, it, it's ah, good a lot, 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 well. lot, lot of people want to bang this okay
3: <laughs> well you're a good-looking guy i was looking at you at the uh on the red carpet, you're a nice looking. You know, when you take off all the Howard Stern goofy fucking right. wig and everything, you're not. You're a nice looking guy. You know what I mean? I'm
5: sexy, but I don't know if I'm hot enough to fuck Veronica Rayjek, right? B- B- Brady's new girlfriend, as I've talked about.
3: Yeah,
7: yeah. All right.
3: Well, is <laughs> are you working on an impression now that you're having trouble getting, or that you've just mastered that you can unveil for us? Maybe something new.
5: The Paul Dano is one that I'm working on. Have you have you had Paul Dano on the show?
4: Who is no. that? He's an Who's actor. Paul Dan-
5: from the same and the Riddler?
3: Paul Dano from the Riddler?
4: Yes, he was, what, what was you mean the from Riddler.
3: The, didn't we have Paul Dano?
4: We had the guy who played the Riddler on our show. No, no, no. We had the TV show Riddler. Paul Dano. And
5: actually, Ron- well, you know what? You know, Ron DeSantis is one. Uh, the, the, the governor of Florida is one, that I, is one that I have down now.
3: Yeah, let me hear that.
5: So basically, what you have to now is in Florida, the key word is to say that he hates everything gay. That's the problem with Ron, and he's fully mm. copied Trump and everything he says. Floridian, you know what I realize? Angry.
3: I realize yeah, I don't know what the real Ron DeSantis yeah, sounds like. So. I, I was going to no say that's
4: has. not a good one because I don't know <laughs> what he sounds like.
3: Yeah, someone well, told me you do a Paul Giamatti. I worked with him in private parts. Maybe I could. Paul, uh, really. I, I
5: do. Paul, I do Paul Giamatti. My but my bit on him is. I'm having a hard time doing my Paul G. Motti impression because I don't, I i can't separate his two most, two of his most iconic characters, Chuck Rhodes in Billions uh, and, and John Adams, because now I keep imagining John Adams getting aroused in weird sexual situations because Chuck Rhodes is a, in Billions, he portrays a powerful attorney who gets aroused in sexual, situ- weird, by weird sexual situations. So I just basically am like, oh, hello, very well. Mrs. Adams, tomorrow I am signing the
0: Declaration
5: of Independence. So you are going to whip my nuts very well. <laughs> you are going to pour <laughs> some kind of wet down my back and let all it All right. It. Matt,
3: Thank you Matt I got to go. But uh, listen, listen. I think That's you're right. doing a great job. All right. Thank you. All
5: and, right. You know, I got to tell you, you know, the Golden Globes was great. But one thing I want to manifest, I do want to manifest this. The Oscars are coming up, and I want to manifest going, maybe as you, on the carpet and figuring something out. Who knows?
3: All right. Keep in touch. Let me know what you're thinking. All right. There he is, Matt Friend. Let me get rid of this guy, Matt Friend. I love him, but (laughs) it's going on and on.
4: (laughs) Are we going to have to talk to him every day now that he does you? (laughs) I know. I mean, now he's my best friend. I was like, hey, hey, this
3: guy does a pretty good Howard Stern impression. That's pretty cool. And Now we're best friends. I like him, though. He seems like a nice guy.
4: He's a fun guy. Uh, it's just yeah. that I was like, why is, why is he calling? He, You know, we played the tape yesterday of him saying, <laughs> everybody knew me. <laughs> he's having fun. Come on. He's getting some recognition. <laughs> By the way, funny people are like the new accessory I'm seeing. Did you see Madonna's announcement of her no. new tour? No. Who shows up in the, you know, she's doing like a round table and Amy Schumer is there. And I can't remember. Everybody around the table is famous. Mm. And who's in the group? Eric Andre.
3: Eric Andre. Yeah, he's becoming the new uh, Pete uh, Davidson. He's the
4: accessory. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. (laughs) By the way, I meant to ask uh, you, I don't know who Paul Dano is. I don't remember seeing the Riddler in the most recent Batman movie. But I know I watched it. I love Batman, and I love the.
4: He was in. uh, There will be blood. He was in.
3: I don't uh, know Little
4: Miss Sunshine. He was. in... But is there
3: is there a high demand for a think? Is there a high demand? Paul Dano's a a
4: great actor.
3: Yeah, but I'm saying, is there a high demand for a Paul Dano impression?
4: I don't know. I mean, unless you've seen any of these movies, I don't think
3: so. Okay. Anyway, uh, where was I? Oh,
4: we were porn. at porn and <laughs> yeah,
3: that's all right. He, I guess I said enough about porn. It's embarrassing watching all that porn. But anyway, this young lady who tried on the yoga pants, she enjoyed blow, blowing the guy. And then it led to, oh, uh, oh, oh. he was banging her.
4: And yeah, uh, you and said you right. fast forwarded. You probably missed how he got her to bang.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: How oh, he transitioned.
3: What's this? The guys just wrote me a note. The porn scene I was just talking about is for a website called fit18.com. They advertise no fat chicks. Hmm. Yeah. Huh.
4: I have to check that out. Is that something that might happen to you? You might accidentally see a fat woman on you porn. So somebody has <laughs> to say, no, we don't have any of that here.
3: Well, they give you a little like preview picture of the women. So I never click on. I'm not. Listen. I don't, I don't go on you to look at women who are out of shape. I go on there to see the ideal. I mean, give me a breath. To me, the ideal, okay? I know everybody's uptight. Hey, uh, Ralphie boy, what's on your
7: mind? Hey now. Hey, I, I just gotta say, I, I don't hear your voice and I don't, that, that sounds like Alan Alda to me, that guy's impression. It drives you crazy because it doesn't sound like you.
3: No, he's got a certain, I know what it ends. A
7: certain something. Dad, he's got that in, eh, but right. Like, yeah, and now you're yeah. doing it more, you're starting to sound like his impression of no, you. No, because right? his
3: impression is good. He, he's right, you know, right, 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 <laughs> right, You know, I mean, he's got sure. something. Go- There's something there. There's something there. There's That's a all. little
7: something there, but not enough to say it's a great impression. I don't know. It just it does sound like Alan Alda to me.
6: It's but. the closest well,
4: like I've heard. Said, yeah. He's the only one doing it. He's the
3: he's in a lane of his own. He's the only one we were able to find that can do something of an impression of me. So yeah. he wins. He's the greatest Howard Stern impersonator. That's it. You see what I mean? Yeah. Okay, Ralph.
7: Yeah. You're like, yeah. I hear what you're saying. <laughs>
3: All right. Thank you, Ralph. Paul Dano is on the phone, the actor who played the Riddler. Yes, Paul.
5: Yes, hello, Howard. Do you recognize my voice?
3: Are you Paul Dano, the actor who played Riddler?
5: Riddle me this. (laughs) You probably recognize me from my various projects. (laughs) Right, right, right. I enjoy working on my many performances and researching them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow. <is> paul Dano.
3: <laughs> pretty good right <laughs> yeah thank you paul i wish i could I'm remember heard. riddler i wish i could yes, remember the it.
4: riddler was um oh god it just flashed into my head what i could say about the riddler in the movie and then it flashed out it's amazing he that. had a twin brother hmm. i don't remember it
3: at all it's concerning maybe i've got the alzheimer's
4: so he played two roles
3: yeah, I, uh, you know, I remember I watched Batman with, with, uh, Pattinson, Rob Pattinson. Mm-hmm. And I remember I liked it, and that's as far as it goes. And so
4: Paul Dana was the guy saying, We're just alike. You
3: know, the like. I heard they're, I don't remember. I'm telling you, uh. who cares? You know what I mean? But, well, I was just trying to let me you know jog my memory. Yeah. Maybe I have Alzheimer's. They wanted to test me for Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. I- yeah, Alzheimer's. <laughs> I used to know this woman, she go, I don't want to get the Alzheimer's. I go, Honey, it's Alzheimer's. And ever since that, I go, Alzheimer's.
7: I got dementia.
3: <laughs> yeah. The uh but yeah, I told you I went to the doctor. They go, listen, it's totally voluntary, but if you want, we can test you for early Alzheimer's. And well, I go thank you. What what fun that would be to learn? I go, What a nice birthday gift. I go, first of all, <laughs> if I got Alzheimer's I don't want to know it. Uh, why would I want to know early Alzheimer? I mean, what, are so they going to give me a pill and maybe they'll delay it a couple of months? I don't want that shit. Plus, I figure, listen, my father didn't have Alzheimer's. My mother didn't. My mother's 96. You know, I mean, wait, what, what, are you going to ruin my day? Oh, congratulations, Mr. Stern. You're about to lose your mind. The one thing that might sort of keep you in this world. I don't know what I would do. That is
4: one fucked well, up thing. Well, you just don't know what you're doing anymore. You don't, you know, you sort of return to babyhood.
3: That scares me. You see, that shit's weird. And it's like I always say to myself, well, I would just kill myself. But I don't have the balls to kill myself. Like I wouldn't be like, like Robin Williams went and killed himself, which just still freaks me out. Like he had some fucked up disease and he just said, and- you know what? I don't want to be a burden to anyone. I don't want to be go down that way. Louis body disease, and I still don't Louis really body. know what I, that is. I probably have it. I look like I got a <laughs> Louis body. <laughs> I have Howard body disease. Hey, Vay. Who knows how you're going to check out, but I don't want to talk about it, Robin. I don't want to. Hey, listen, Robin. Uh. I don't want to talk about <laughs> it, sir. Um. Anyway, I did. Uh, we're going to talk at eight o'clock to Stephen A. Smith. And it's a good thing he put the A in his name because he
4: would just be Stephen Smith. It wouldn't work. And that's like a, a million people must be Stephen Smith, right?
3: Yeah. Steven's a uh, he's a, a very well-known sportscaster, very successful, and he's written a book. And I was reading some of his stuff, and holy shit.
4: Yeah, I read a little <laughs> synopsis of his life, and I was like,
3: wow. Okay. Yeah, he's got a fucked up. Uh, Can't he got wait a to up, meet him. F- fucked up family stuff, you know
4: yeah
3: yeah anyway uh before he comes in i did want to share a couple of things with you first of all this is just shows you how much time we waste on our show i was thinking about this i i don't know i know why i love these bits so much um you know whenever we take an audiobook and fuck with it and we uh make up uh quotes it's so great because these bits take hours and hours and hours man hours to edit to get these celebrity to say something stupid.
4: Yes, and, and I it's realized, like a puzzle.
3: But the jokes on us because I mean it's a lot of effort to go through to make these quotes. It takes months sometimes. Now, mm-hmm. we we rushed this one. Uh this is the Prince Harry audiobook. Prince Harry. Spare. (laughs) spare. Is is that what it's called? Spare? Yeah, Yeah, spare. Uh, Why is it called spare?
4: Because Uh. there's an heir and a spare. He's the spare.
3: Oh, very good, Robin. Very good, Robin. (laughs) Uh, Evidently, I thought the world was kind of checked out on Prince Harry, but the new book, Spare, is the fastest-selling nonfiction book of all time. Yeah. It sold more than... Man, listen to this! It sold more than one point four three million copies in its first day on sale,
4: and it's an Which... expensive book. How much? I think it's over thirty bucks. I don't know. The whole
3: thing bothers me because the kid. I-, I admire the kid saying, "Look, fuck the royalty." I, you know, I wouldn't do that. I would stay a prince, and I would do the I'm whole- royal, live-
4: and I'm me- staying.
3: <laughs> I'd live in the castles, and yeah, okay, I'm never going to be king because my brother's going to be king. Daddy? But-
4: Uh, What do you want me to do, William? What do you want me to do?
3: Yeah, like, hey, I'll go visit some countries or maybe just hang out here and read and maybe play chess or paint.
4: Well, that's what they do. They go visit countries and say, we love you.
3: Yeah, and in essence, it's England's vice presidency. You know what I mean? Like you kind of go around. Yeah, they're and you're the an ceremonial ambassador.
4: people, but they're they're a little right. bit more than the vice president because yeah. it's even more important that the queen or whoever comes to visit you than it is the prime minister. Because
3: I watch The Crown and they make it seem like these people are miserable. I don't understand it. Maybe it has something to do with. Never really finding out if you could have made it on your own, but who gives a shit? Or be
4: You're... able to pursue your own dreams. You don't yeah. have a dream. You just get to be king or queen or, you know, princess. I don't buy that. And somebody's telling you who to marry. All that stuff.
3: I just find that that's all bullshit. Like, you know, if I, the way I'd play it, if I was a royal, I would enjoy my royal duties whatever they are because you know what why not people go around, they like you and they they praise you and just for being you and you know being the king or the prince or whatever the fuck you are and then I would like like the rest of the day I would improve myself I would like learn guitar probably well, be in a band
4: Prince Charles uh paints and all yeah, that stuff that, Exactly so I mean I don't it seems, but it like, seems a like a
1: dream
4: uh They're a bunch of petty people, you know, with all that education and everything else. They're a bunch of petty idiots carrying on
3: about dresses. And I would admire Prince Harry if he said, "Okay, I don't want this life anymore. Fuck it. I'm not going to be a royal. I'm going to come to America with my wife. But it seems like he came to America only to complain about being in the royal family. And his whole gig now is criticizing the royal family like he's not doing anything Yes, but he's still a
4: prince and he's fighting for his children to have titles. So he hasn't
3: given up on the royal family. That's what I mean. I don't know what he's doing and I don't know why anybody cares. (laughs) And then, and then the him and his wife now, all they do is sit around all day and wonder why people in the royal family hate them. It's because, uh, let me explain it Read
4: to you. your book.
3: Yeah, yeah th- You're fucking their gig up. They have enough people who are jealous and want to end the, the, the whole crown thing. And they want to end the monarchy. You're fucking with their livelihood, their perfect life, you douche. You don't understand that? Let me interview this guy. Let me explain to him why they hate him. They hate you because you're fucking with their... Th- like, Prince Charles is finally the king. And now you're going to write 70
4: shit seventy something years
3: because he thinks he's going to do something, and you're marooning it, but anyway it's just to me as a guy who would be envious of his position his, his the position he was born into
4: but you you don't I, care about being told who to marry or who you can't marry or whether I'm, or not you can get a divorce.
3: every one of those boys married hot chicks, you know what I'm saying,
4: yeah I, you know, but. Charles
3: wanted to marry Camilla. Yeah, well, but he first married Lady Di. Camilla was married. You understand the controversy. No, there, no, no. Charles- but they
4: had been together. The queen said he couldn't marry her.
3: Because she was a married woman. It brought no, disgrace no, no. to Before the monarchy. Before they
4: ever got married. Before they ever got married, they were uh-huh. together. I didn't know that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm okay with that. You want you know what? There's plenty of fish in the sea. If I can't marry Camilla, I'll marry someone else. Yeah,
4: but you're in love with Camilla, not Case. You're in. But love. But you don't
3: think you don't think I can be in love with someone else? <laughs> there's no one else I
4: can love? <laughs> All right, you go ahead and have somebody telling you what you can do at every moment. F- and, let me tell you, Robin. I, I feel think real bad. Your parents wanted to do that.
3: I feel real bad that. Uh, Prince Charles had to marry the hot chick and not the, the fucked up looking one. Okay? Feel real bad for the guy.
4: He didn't like they had nothing in common. He couldn't get around that.
3: The, the queen said that. She said, wait a second. You could marry Princess Di and you're going to marry that? Listen, you're out of your mind. I'm going I'm to step in here.
4: My son is deranged.
3: Yeah. My son doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't even know hot chicks. So out of it. But, uh, it's hard to feel. But anyway, the Prince Harry audiobook came out, and of course we fucked with it. I and mean, I think it's so funny that we sit and fuck with these books all day. Um, Harry, uh, talks about his relationship with his wife, Megan. Okay. With his wife. Here, here he is. Here is the new, if you're not gonna go buy this book, like me, here is your highlight reel. Prince Harry talking about his relationship with Megan. Hello
8: there. This is Prince Harry audiobook. A lot of people think that my wife, Megan, has my balls in her purse. Well, that's a bunch of rubbish. She keeps my testicles in her jewelry box, and my balls are much safer there. Plus, she also uses my apple bag to powder the nose. I'm glad that she's put my bollocks to good use.
3: There you go. There you have it. Uh, here, Harry describes a traumatic incident between Meghan and the Queen. This is terrible. Something terrible happened between Meghan and the Queen. One time,
8: the Queen made my wife sit with her in the bathroom while she took a royal duty. Meghan was ordered to maintain eye contact while the Queen Mother dropped log after log of huge stinky shed. The smell of Her Majesty's massive dumps haunts her to this day. <laughs> we spend months on
1: this. <laughs>
3: Um, here Harry talks about Leaving the royal family Robin you know this was yeah, a big decision
8: All right. I made a hard decision to Step away from my life as a member of the royal family Which most of the time Meant sitting on my arse in a castle Doing nothing <laughs> Fuck it It was still too much for me to bear
3: <laughs> Here Harry discusses being teased By his older brother William
8: it was very traumatic. My older brother, Willie, would taunt me because of my flaming red hair, saying, my cock and balls look like the comedian's carrot top, and that my semen is orange. He's a liar. It's not true. My semen is white, just like poor people's cum. Right, just like poor people's cum.
3: Uh, he doesn't have orange cum. It's very, very terrible. And then Robin... Uh,
4: I'm Here amazed Harry, that he uh, is aware of Carrot Top. That's interesting.
3: Yeah, he knows about <laughs> Carrot Top.
4: Here,
8: Harry admits he is jealous of his brother. He admits... Right. It. So my bald asshole brother, Prince William, gets to be the future king of England. And the only thing I get is a very hot wife and millions of dollars that I did jack shit to earn. Good Lord, life is grossly unfair.
3: Yeah, he's talking <laughs> about the unfairness of life. And uh, here, Harry is very honest about his father's wife, Camilla, who you were just talking about. Yeah. This, is a, yeah, this is a very honest assessment.
8: I can't believe my daddy wanted to bang Camilla instead of my famously hot mummy. Ugh, I'd rather stick my penis with a big elephant. <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness.
3: Well,
4: I guess you Camilla see?
3: will never do this show. <laughs> now, you see why this book is breaking records? you see how uh, revealing it? Do you see how honest and open? I didn't
4: know was so funny, yeah.
3: yeah. It's a wonderful book. I, I take everything back. I didn't realize how I good it I think
4: he's taken lemons and made lemonade.
3: Here Harry reveals what he called Camilla. He had a special name for her.
8: Willie and I had a very clever nickname for Camilla. We called her the Ugly Chick Daddy Fox. <laughs> we thought that was hysterical. We also called her Camilla Parker Bow Movement. <laughs> you get it because she looks like shit. Oh, yeah. my Goodness, yeah. You know what I think?
3: Like once, like in about two years, Prince Harry will have done every show. Like he's he just did Colbert. You know, he started out with Oprah, then they did the Netflix special, then they did Colbert, and I think in like two years, when everyone's just bored with this shit, then he'll show up on our show. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because I want to sell something.
4: I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. He he did say that he has enough material for another book.
3: Oh yes. And, oh, by the way, here's one more clip I didn't play you. This is a clip where uh, there's a surprise visit from Harry's wife, Meghan
8: Markle. Here you go. She makes it in, in the book. In the book. Oh look, it's my lovely wife, Meghan Markle. Audio book. Hello, darling.
1: Abandon your family. Give me money. Abandon your family. Give me money.
8: Isn't she charming? I am the luckiest man in the world. Of course, I will abandon my family and give you some money, my love.
1: You said your brother beat the shit out of you. You are such a pussy. Now give me more money.
8: All right, here you go. Here's a truckload of cash. It's all for you. Enjoy.
1: Money, 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 money,
8: money. Megan gets so excited when she sees my money. It's so cute, isn't it? Well, I've got to go. Cheers, you commoner wankers. Fuck off.
3: There you go. Classic love story. What a book. I might buy a copy of that. <laughs> I tell you, Robin, it's a wonderful book. Hey, uh, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to talk to uh, Stephen A. Smith. He's uh, listen every real man's hero. Uh, real, when I talk to real men like my brother-in-laws who played, uh, you know, basketball and football, or I talk to uh, you know guys who know about sports, uh, he's he's their guy. He's the man. And uh, so they I probably try can't
4: to, wait to hear what he has to say after, you know, they see something in their sport that is worthy of note. Right. In other words, something happens and they go, "Well, I got to hear what Stephen A. Smith yeah. is going like, to say." Got to tune guy. in. To, what the, is it? First take or something? Is that the name of the show?
3: Listen, whatever it is, that's what they want. <laughs> uh, thank you, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Stephen Singer Jewelers. Ramen. Stephen A. Smith, hero to real men, a guy who knows all about sports. He knows about life. Written a book, he's tremendously successful. Stephen, you've done it all, you've said it all, but now you put it in a book.
2: Yeah, I have. Now, it's you been have. Crazy. It's it's been, a, it's been a crazy ride. I think people were kind of surprised because a lot of people expected a sports book. And that's not what I wanted to do. That's not what I ever fantasized about doing when I thought about writing my own book. Just talking about my life, my story. And um, that's what I wanted to do, Howard. So it took me all of these years, but I finally got it done.
3: Ultimately, to me, that's the, that is the better book because everyone knows what you think about sports. Mm -hmm. That's your gig and you've, you know, you've, you've spent a life telling people what you think. But they, uh, with the book, they get to know the real you. Yeah. And I love backstory, especially anyone who's successful in broadcasting. It's not an easy road. It's Mm -hmm. very difficult. And the thing that I was struck uh, about in your book, you were a guy in fourth grade. You were left back. And I think most people give up. A lot of kids who get left back in school are ridiculed. Yeah. They're um they they think they're stupid.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh in your case you had dyslexia. Mm Mm-hmm. And yet um oddly enough, what I found so fascinating is you went on to be a sports writer. I would think that's the toughest occupation for a man with dyslexia writing.
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting how like um In my book entitled Straight Shooter, the title is dedicated to my mother because, you know, other than God himself, I have nobody on earth to thank more than her for what she did for me. I got left back twice. I mean, I got held back for the for the entire 4th grade. But in the 3rd grade I got left back, but then I went to summer school and then they put me back in the right grade after I went to summer school classes and stuff like that. So the reason I bring that up is because like you pointed to Just imagine getting left back. You're the only kid that got left back. The kids in the neighborhood are laughing at you. Everybody's laughing at you. And then the next summer, you get left back again. Was it embarrassing to put that in the
3: book? In other words, don't you want your fans now to think, hey, you know, I'm Stephen A. Smith, I'm the greatest, I'm the smartest guy out there, I'm this, that, the other thing. There's a bit of, there's probably some hesitation where you go, maybe I should just not talk about
2: that, Keith. No, I never felt that way. I never felt that way. I'm not, because see, my thing is this, when you take take into account the career that I have now, I sit in a chair where I talk about people and I don't get into their personal business, but I hold them accountable for the things that they do. And my mentality is, who the hell am I? To all of a sudden become a punk and be scared not to reveal those elements about me. There's a lot of personal things that I would never get into about anybody else's business. So I can guard my personal life and I could hold my head up high because I know I don't do that to other people. But what they do professionally and what's relatable to their professional life. When I think about my life and what I had to endure, I feel that people have a right to know what i endured and i'm not worried about the ridicule if that's what comes with it that's what comes with it um but when you sit in my chair and you have to hold people accountable for the things that they do in the world of sports who am i to punk out and all of a sudden want to disguise what i've endured i'm not going to do that i've always had that kind of mentality
3: so you, so, so in addition to being dyslexic, and again, I don't know how the hell you become a sports writer mm-hmm, or right. a, a writer for the daily news or yeah. n- major newspapers yeah. in Philadelphia. Uh, who is the person that teaches you how to read and write and be able to write on a level that you're writing professionally?
2: Because dyslexics struggle with that the most. Well, That's like crazy. It started out with my older sister Linda. Uh, she was an educator, brilliant, graduated from school as a valedictorian and she was just brilliant. And she loved her little brother and she saw what troubles that I was having and saw how humiliated I was from getting left back. And she just took it upon herself to literally tutor me every day. And then I also had a friend around the corner. His name was Ronnie, Ronnie Robinson. I grew up with him as a kid. His older brother, Tiver was his name was also brilliant and so i would be over there all the time and back and forth wherever i went between my sister linda and tiver they would both teach me how to read and write and obviously that propelled me and then obviously i went through high school and stuff like that went to college and then um ultimately when i grabbed an internship at the winston-salem journal those editors there and i was the only black guy in the department and but, but but what when when a school is saying to
3: you listen you know back then who even yes. knows if they understood dyslexia no, when right. a school is saying you're stupid uh do you begin to feel like hey i'm a stupid idiot like a lot of kids would have said yeah hey, to their sister yeah I, I appreciate you trying to help me here but i'm an idiot
2: well uh, I was there's go- no way I, I was going through those emotions howard but here's where it really kicked in when, um, in a, in a, in a, in a positive kind of way, actually, but not in the moment. When I was sitting on the back porch crying over getting left back, as I point out in my book, and I overheard my father tell my mother, he just ain't smart. He's not going anywhere. He's not going to do anything with his life. I mean, just get over it, accept it. When I was in the fourth grade, and that motivated me, as hurt as I was. That's when my motivation kicked in, and the motivation that I have today, more than 40 years later, I would tell anybody on the planet, anybody who knows me knows this, that it, my motivation started at that moment. I was like, oh, hell no. We somebody that told you wrong. I'm going to overcome this. I'm not going to sit back and have my father thinking this way about me. I thought it was cruel. I thought it hurt like hell. uh, But in the same breath, it motivated me and put a work ethic in me that has never left.
3: Don't you thank God, uh, that for some reason, whatever your DNA makeup is, yeah that you reacted to your father that way because how many kids you think are out there they hear their father say he isn't shit that's right they completely uh crumble they don't they they cannot (laughs) overcome that that's the most important man in your life yeah and and he's saying you're shit not Uh, what motivates you i mean what is it about you that like you said
2: you know what fuck you i'm gonna prove you wrong You know what? I was in a fourth grade. I'd like to think I didn't say fuck you at that particular moment in time, but the chances are that's exactly how I felt. Um, because it wasn't just that he didn't believe in me. I got the impression he wanted me to fail. And that's a different emotion. It was like, you, you, you really, you really want me to be nothing because he wanted to be the best man in the house. He wanted my mother. To look at him with admiration and adulation and what have you. And he wanted me to be that dude that, that, that didn't measure up to him. And, and you know, as a parent, you do have a mentality. Most parents, I'd like to believe, literally, you want your children to be better than you. That was not my father. My father did you, not want me to be better than him. You,
3: you identified something so profound just now because, um, I don't think most people get this. You can have parents who are jealous of their kids yes the jealous of the possibility that you might be better than him mm. and you might have a father who's so beaten down in life yeah that the only way he can feel good is to pick on fourth grade you and n- knock the shit out of you basically yeah. and put you down so he can look like the big man to your mother in the world
2: yeah um, uh-huh. I, th- I think I think, Howard, that's absolutely accurate. Um, if you crystallize what he did, there's no question about it. Um, I studied electrical installation. I went to Thomas Edison of uh, vocational technical high school in Queens, New York. I studied electrical installation. I had no shot in hell of succeeding because you have to go home and practice to some degree what you learned. And he would forbid my mother to allow me to practice. He didn't care what happened. He just didn't want me to do that. And there was a lot of things that happened in my life where. He served as a roadblock and impediment. I go to college and, you know, I said, mommy, I, you know, I, I, I'm taking these credit semester hours. I'm still on the basketball team, but I need a car, et cetera. He was like, don't get him a car. you matter of fact, why are you even letting him go to college? You need to send him to the military. He ain't, he's not going to be shit anyway. And, but by this time, I, I, I'm a teenager approaching adulthood. I'm not a fourth grader. So right. the defiance in me then, was far more pronounced than it was in the fourth In fourth grade he was still my dad i was a kid i'm looking up to him i'm hurt by him i want to please him i want to make him proud i want to prove him wrong but by the time i was in high school i didn't give a shit what he felt how what he thought about me i knew i was going to be better than him the
3: description of your father is i mean he was a troubled guy alcoholic um uh, certainly didn't pay the bills in the house. Your mom no. worked her ass off. Yeah. She was the breadwinner. Yeah. Um, you suffered the humiliation. I, I know in my neighborhood growing up, um, if, if a kid said to me, you're on government cheese, it was the biggest insult you could, <laughs> you, you would to say to another kid. I don't know how many people understand this. That's right. But, but you were eating government cheese yes. and eating sugar sandwiches yep. and all this shit that, that really poor people and your father never once said to your mother, I'm going to help out with the bills no i'm 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 gonna go do something, so this is a guy who was completely demoralized and then took it out on you
2: that was um you know <clears throat> you can say that he was completely demoralized. I can buy that now. It's not what we saw, Howard. And I'll say me. Uh, when I say we, me, my four older sisters. The second my brother turned 17, he went out of the house and went to the army just to get away from him. Um, right. and, and then ultimately passed away in a car accident in 1992. But my four older sisters are still alive. And they looked at him, and we, we didn't see a person that had some kind of life and just took it out on us. We saw a person that was committed to enjoying himself and his life. At our expense, he was willing to deprive all of us while he reaped the benefits of whatever labor he thought he put forth. Howard, he once said this to my cousin. This Years later, after I graduated from college, I got into an argument with him. My family's from St. Thomas, Virgin Islands. We were on the beach, Megan's Bay, all chilling out, hanging out and stuff like that. And I had to uh, uh, go away for a few minutes after I had an argument with him and my cousin, Derek. Who's my, the closest thing to a brother that I have. We're very close. My cousin Derek sat up there and argued with my father on this, on my behalf. And he's like, Uncle Basso, cause his name was Ashley Basso Smith. And he said, Uncle Basso, he said, you act like you did something for him. You never did anything for Steven. And my father looked my cousin in the face in front of my entire family and said, What the hell are you talking about? I gave him my sperm. Mm, what a gift. And uh, that's, and wow. he truly felt like, That's all he was obligated to do. It's amazing. And, you know,
3: the the other thing that struck me about your dad, I mean, it's an unbelievable story. It's really an unbelievable story, your story. The hypocrisy of your father, too. I mean, not only was he living off your mother, making your life horrible, the shocking revelation that he had a whole second family going somewhere. Yeah. And expected you. I mean, he brings you, how old were you when he brought you to meet your, you know, half brother, so to speak?
2: Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think I was like, uh, 17. Um, I had landed from the airport, uh, in Texas. And as I say in the book, um, straight shooter, I was like, you know, I get off the plane at LaGuardia airport and some little kid comes up to me and jumps in my arms. I had no idea who he was. And my father was right behind him, and I knew clearly because that was the case. He knew the kid. I said, "Who is this?" He said, She little brother." And just like uh, that, just like that, no, no, he, no warning, crazy. no anything, no warning, no anything. And then he took me in the car, and when he took us in the car to drive me home to Hollis, um, put me in the back seat because somebody was in the front seat, and that was his mistress. And when he took, when, when when the mistress was in the car and I saw that, I knew at that moment what this was and I was like, holy shit. This is, because all I could think about was my mother. Um, I'm getting ready to go home. There's no way in hell he's gonna pull up in front of the house with the mistress in the car and the kid. And sure enough, he had dropped me off on the corner. I grew up on 203rd Street in the Hollis and he dropped me off right on the corner on 111th avenue and he said don't tell your mother that you had that I had anybody with you and I walked I walked in the house and the first thing my mother asked me after she said hello she said your father dropped you off i said yes she said was he by himself i guess it was her gut instincts or whatever and i said yes and, you lied. It was, and it was the only lie i've ever told my mother
3: why did you lie did you felt did you feel it was a protection in yes, other words you didn't want absolutely. her to know the, you didn't want to know absolutely the
2: pain i of- wasn't scared of him i mean at that point what you know my fear was the pain it was going to cause her and it was all very difficult because please understand something there's a couple of things going on here number one <laughs> I still loved my father. When he passed away in 2018, I I eulogized him. Um, Why?
3: Why did you love you? I mean, I've heard guys say this. Yes, but do, do you really think you loved your father? And what's your definition of love? I mean,
2: that's a the definition question. of love. Yeah, that's I mean, a, I guess what I'm trying to tell you is that you know, it's recognition that regardless of how I may feel about him as a man, he's still my dad. Now. There's levels. My mama is my mama, and that is my queen, my goddess. She's everything to me. And, you know, God rest her soul, that was my mentality. With him, it was like, he's still my dad, you know, Try to respect them as much as you possibly can, even when you don't respect them. Even though you're willing to tell him why you don't respect them, it's not like you beat them up or kill them or something like that. You just don't want to have much to say to him. It's just recognition, I guess. And I think, and I really appreciate you asking that question because a lot of people, how I would need to know? You know, we might say, and you know, we love them. Uh, but what we really mean is that we recognize who they are and the role they were supposed to play in our lives. And if you're a God fearing individual, at least to some degree, you respect that. You think about the Bible, honor thy father. No, I couldn't go that far. But I, I feel wasn't like going the, to disrespect them. But I, I didn't. I like, didn't feel that far. I didn't go that far.
3: I, I feel like the Bible, and, and I was religiously trained up the wazoo. Yeah, it's like it's 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 a way of controlling us. Yeah. The truth is, you know, you and I admire you for this. You didn't speak to your father for like twenty years. Is that no, I correct? Like that is did, yeah. absolutely correct. And I think what I think who you love is yourself. I think that's the ultimate protection. You had to protect yourself from this guy, who really gave you zero, didn't give you lessons in how to be a man. Right. And I think you have every right to be
2: angry with him and not to love him because yeah. he, but he I quite s- frankly tried to destroy you. I swear, I really do. I swear to you. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart, Howard. I've never harbored. I'm not talking about in the moment. Of course, there was hostility in the moment. But I've never harbored animosity towards him over me. It was wow. the treatment of my mother that I could not take. You know, you got guys out here today and, you know, you you could be married. You could have a girlfriend, whatever the case may be, you know. And... It's a badge of honor to get people to spend money on you to exhaust themselves giving to you. I've never taken money from a woman in my life because of my mother because right. of what I saw him do and you know I got my nephew's there right outside the studio they're both with me, and this is their grandfather that I'm talking about. I take no right. pleasure in 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 saying this, but you got to know the truth because you can't push forward living a lie. You can't push forward thinking or, or having this mirage over you where you, you just think that life is a certain way and it is not. What my mother had to endure, working the hours that she worked, depriving herself of her joy. When she passed away from cancer in 2017, yeah, Howard, I was depressed and devastated that she was gone. But even in the times leading up to her passing as she was transitioning as she was fading, everyone knew that the number one emotion I had was fury and the fury emanated from after all she had to put up with now that her son is in a position to facilitate her having a better life. Yeah, I sent on 26 cruises around the world, and, you know, she didn't have to pay the bills anymore, but I had so much more to offer, you know, and for her to miss out on that, the only salvation I have is that I believe she's in heaven. How old, that, was she, how old was she? She was 76. Then? She was 76. when she. So your heartache
3: is, I finally have the means to yes. take care of my mother and give her the retirement yes. that she deserves. Yeah. And now
2: you can't do it. And her. I can't you do can't. it. I can't do it. I want to buy a house in St. Thomas. You know, she didn't want it. All she wanted was she wanted a crew. She wanted an cru- uh, annual cruise. And I would send on three a year. She wanted one annual cruise a year. She right. wanted a fur coat. And Howard... <laughs> She wanted a diamond ring because she never got one. Wow. I, so the ring that she had, I bought her because those are the only three things that she wanted. But what I wanted to get her was a home in St. Thomas because she loved going back home. Cokie Point, Megan's Bay, Trunk Bay and St. John's. She loved the beach. And I wanted to get her a home in St. Thomas. And she refused to take it. Just your father outlived your mother, right? By fourteen months. By fourteen months. Yes.
3: Did he, when you started to get successful? Yeah. And 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 really make some serious dough. Yeah. Did suddenly he try to change the history between the two of you? Did he suddenly,
2: uh, you know, son, uh, why why are you giving this money to your mother? Why didn't you? Yes, he did. Nobody's asked me that question, Howard. I give it to you. That's what makes you you. Nobody asked me that. You're damn right he did. He most certainly did. A matter of fact, it happened. One of the days happened in the dining room of my mother's house. I would tell you this is about 10 years ago, about 10 years ago. So he's complaining because Christmas comes by, you know, cause Christmas comes and goes. And my mother, i sent her on a cruise to Europe. My father, I bought him the club. Remember that club that you put on your steering wheel for the car? <laughs> yeah.
6: <laughs> I so your club. car doesn't <laughs> get stolen? <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. I bought him the
2: club, right? right. I bought him the club. And he was like, "What the hell is this?" And he was, and he was like, "Why didn't I get? Why didn't I get? You know, the kind of gift you gave your mother?" I said, "Cause you ain't mom." And so that led to an argument in front of my uncle Freddie, who's now deceased as well. Um, and Uncle Freddie was right there, and my father tried to tell me what kind of a father he was, and you don't know what the hell you're talking about, and you don't know what I've done. And I went in on him, and I said, "You did this." In 1978, you did this in 1983, you did that in 1988, you did that in 1991. My Uncle Freddie looked at him and said, Basso, shut the fuck up. Your son is a journalist. He knows what he's talking about. He can chronicle everything you've done. You've got no shot to win this argument. Shut the fuck up. And my father sat back and drank his Budweiser. Was Uncle Freddie your father's brother yes. or your Uncle oh, Freddy was. was my father's wow. older brother. He's my oh, he was my father's older brother. His son Junie is my cousin, lives in the Bronx. He and I are very close as well. I love him dearly. Uh he's a, a, a producer and director in Hollywood. But this guy, um his um, his father, Uncle Freddie, who was a good man, a fair man, um, he told my father to shut the fuck up. He That's said, fantastic. Yeah, he said, you have no shot, he said, because you're not going to win this argument because Stephen has been holding this in for years. And, you know, he knows all of the details. Shut up. Stop it. You're not going to win.
3: You know, what sounds so healthy about what you're saying. Yeah. You know, the book is called Straight Shooter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys on the radio or TV yeah. can be straight shooters in those mediums and talk about sports or yes. talk about politics and be straight shooters. Right. To confront your father. And to say, listen, you were shit to me. You did this to me. To all you of us. You did this and this and this and this. That's the definition of a straight shooter. None of us, most of us, myself included, don't yeah. have the balls to do it. It's too, we're too, st- we're still little kids inside and we can't have that well, conversation.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, for me, the grown up process, the, the grown up moment for me was what you were asking me about earlier when he dropped me off at the house. Because the next day I came home from school and this is again in the book Straight Shooter not trying to tell her I want everybody to read it but certain details do matter because it frames and shapes the foundation of the book as far as I'm concerned and it was a big moment for me the next day. I think it's the moment where I became a man and that was I come home from school the next day Howard and my mother is crying and I had never seen my mother cry before ever. You know, I saw a scream that time years earlier when he pushed us out of the house, uh, out of his, his brother's house, when he had his mistress there and stuff like that. But I had never seen her like this. And I said, oh, my God, what, the, what, what happened? What's the matter? And I thought somebody died. And she said, she looked me in my face. And she said, why'd you lie to me? Mm. And I said, w- what are you talking about? And she said. Why did you lie to me when I asked you yesterday, was your father alone? And I shrunk. If I was seven feet tall, I shrunk to four inches. That's how small I felt. I was devastated because I was caught red handed. Oh,
3: wait. Did you say to her,
2: mom, I did that because I don't want to. I didn't want you to get hurt. That's exactly. Those were my next words. But she said to me, here's what happened. And she and she decided to tell me that this man, my father, calls home to Saint Thomas to his sisters, my aunt Norma, my aunt Barry's here, you know, my uncle Glanville, his brother, got them all on a call individually because I ain't know, you know. And he was literally. They said that he was choking back tears. That's how his voice was cracking because he was so ecstatic. Stephen had met his little brother they were hugging one another they were having such a good time and mm. you know and this is just the first of many many meetings between them and stuff like that my mother was dogged about the fact that she didn't want our family to have any association with his mistress and their family and 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 we did we 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 kind of like damn you know yeah him mom but The kid never done anything, never did anything to us. We don't know him. We're not trying to have a relationship, but it's not like we should mistreat them or anything like that. But my mother was just dogged about us not being around them. So when he went and did that and gave that story to his family, well, his sisters, my aunts, were very close to my mother. So they they called and they told her. And my mother and I said, whoa, that's not what happened. And then I said, and I gave her every detail about what happened that I echoed to you, chapter and verse. And she said, I will confront your father. I said, no, you will not. I will do it. It's time for me to handle this, to step up. And he got home that night and I asked my mother, my bedroom is to my left. Their bedroom was right here to my right. And I went upstairs and I asked my mother to leave. I said, I need to talk to you. I'm 17 years old. And I told him, I said you told you you told this story. And he said it proudly. I said, "But that was a lie. Why would you lie like that?" I said with no regard for my mother. And I said, "Let me tell you something. You will never come before mom." I said, "I'm sorry for this kid. I don't have any relation with him. I don't know him. I mean no harm to him. He did nothing wrong to me." I said, "But Anybody that goes up against my mother is going to lose, especially you and he why said, do
3: you think yeah. oh, wait a second, why do you think your father wanted you so badly to get along with this kid and his new family? and I think it was, so you would go home and normalize this, yes and make it uh, acceptable to
2: you Yes, yeah? yes, and not only that, you know well, well, that is definitely one emotion, but the other emotion was complete disregard for my mother. Right. And so when 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 that happened, you know, listen, when you see I can I can only put it to you this way, Howard. We talk a lot as black men who pride ourselves on being good fathers. It is appalling to us, this notion that, you know, deadbeat dads rave through the black community, whatever, because because good men. Who are black men we know a lot of black fathers who are phenomenal fathers It's insulting to us if we run across any man white or black That ain't good that it, that is not a father There is no excuse for it to us to try to take care of your family to provide for your family to love your children They didn't ask to be here. You got an obligation but What really resonates with us? Is when you see our love for our mothers it's because They work tirelessly to make up for what they know we're lacking because some man wasn't man enough to do his part. And my father had no regard for it. Have you explored,
3: I know you, you, you tend to idolize, you know, idealize your mother. Yeah. And, but at the same point, have you gotten in touch with the idea that I'm also pissed at my mother for staying with this man for 59 years? No.
2: My sister's had that emotion. Not me. Well, what about the emotion, hey, why
3: in God's name did my mother not protect me from this man? Now, I mean, it's a heavy thing, but you were a little boy. This guy is the worst kind of person. Maybe on some level, there is a part of you that you don't want to confront. My mother didn't stand up to this guy for me. She's a good woman, she built me up in many ways, but she didn't take him on and protect me from his viciousness.
2: Let me say this to you. <clears throat> Perhaps it might be disappointing to a lot of people when you describe him as vicious and what have you? We never looked at it that way. First of all, my father was incredibly funny. He was he made us laugh a lot of times, believe it or not. He didn't pay bills didn't show up about four to five days out of the week. But when he was there for some in some miraculous way, he always had us laughing. He always had us entertained. Um, so that was one emotion. Secondly, my sisters definitely, definitely felt the exact way that you said about him in terms of why didn't you protect us from him, mom, because they might feel from time to time they have their own baggage because of what they witnessed him do and not do his negligence or whatever other words are appropriate to describe his relationship with my mother for me i always felt protected by my mother um when he said i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna do anything i wasn't gonna be smart my mother said no way Oh, yes, he will be. I wasn't going to achieve anything. Oh, yes, he will be. Don't invest in him in college. He's not going to graduate. My mother said, yes, he will. I mean, time and time and time again, I believe my mother was my ultimate protector because right. she defied. I was the only re, I was the only time she did defy him. It would drive us crazy how she would capitulate to his wishes and his desires when it came to her. But the one time the, the only time she stood up. Was for me. It was for you. Wow. So I, I don't, I don't view it that way at all. My mother was my ultimate protector.
3: So in your effort to have something with your father, yeah, the one thing you can say about the old man is he loved the Yankees. He loved sports. That's right. And so, in order to have anything with him, yeah, that's where this whole love of sports and becoming a sports commentator. And you were quite a good basketball player as well, right? I, I tried
2: to be. I wouldn't say that. I, I, I thought I could ball, uh, but I, I was 5'9", 130 pounds, soaking wet, going into college with a bad knee. So I don't have any evidence. Yes, could I ball? Yes, the streets of New York knows I could ball. But is there any evidence to that? Hell no. Well, <laughs> let, let's give you right. some credit.
3: Yeah. Didn't you, when you went to college, you, you were a walk-on? You didn't have a scholarship. I had a scholarship. You walked
2: on, I, I had a scholarship. and you made the team. I had a, No, I had a scholarship. When I made oh, the team for the okay. tryout, I was given a full ride. I had a full basketball scholarship
3: so you had to be pretty good i I mean uh, i had a little game
2: game. yeah you had a little game i mean and so the old man at least
3: in a way that was probably your way of saying hey dad i'm somebody i mean at least that's something he could understand well i would tell you this
2: it's actually before that because remember as i highlight in my book straight shooter my professor in junior high school noticed he's not dumb He just drifts. He gets bored and he doesn't even hear what you're saying. But if you find his passion, you got a superstar in your hands. And so when he said that to my mother, I knew I loved sports. So suddenly I'm reading sports and suddenly I had no difficulty reading. I had no difficulty comprehending what I was reading. And as I grew more knowledgeable about sports, first it was impressive to pops. Then it was threatening. Because he saw how it elevated my confidence and my intellect. So that transitioned to other things. So if you're talking about stuff in the house, if you're talking about stuff that's going on with mom, if you're talking about stuff that's going on in life, whether it's news, politics or whatever the case may be. What I once couldn't comprehend, suddenly I could. And I deciphered and I understood. And then I would intellectualize and all of a sudden I was able to have a conversation. And then I would challenge kind of his thinking. You know, and it all it it came all the way to fruition when he passed away in 2018, because a year before that, before about a month or two before my mother died, my sisters are sitting there talking to him about how you got to be around mom more because she needs you. And he ignored him. Ah, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I know your mother. I've been with her for 60 years. I know your mother. And and I walked and He said, she's not sick. It's all an act. She just wants attention. And I uh. literally got up. And walked, grabbed a chair and sat in front of his face and said, what the fuck did you just say? Mm. What the fuck did you just say? I said, she's sick. The doctor's given her two months. This is not a joke. And his exact words were, you're right. I mm. got it. I'm sorry. I said, what are you talking about? I got it. You got it. My sister just said the same thing. He said, it's different. They're not you. What, they're, what, they're, you, women. you... they're women. They're women.
3: You didn't talk to the guy
2: for 20 years. What brought you back to talking to the guy? Well, I didn't didn't talk to him until about the year 2014, to going into 2015, because my mother begged me to. Because his health was debilitating, and hers was as well. And she did not want me to hold that grudge. But the grudge wasn't just for me. By this time, it wasn't just for her. Where we stopped was that my brother had passed away in a car accident in 1992.
3: And you won't, uh, dri- You only will drive yourself now, right? You I don't won't know. Have, no. I take
2: will... car service from time to time, but I prefer okay. to drive myself. Most of the right. time, I would drive when people say take a car service because my brother died because he was a passenger in a van, and he was the only one asleep. So when the van flipped over, 13 other passengers in the van survived. He was the only one that died and so cuz he didn't embrace himself cuz he didn't embrace himself words. that's right, right correct right, right. so so to me i've always held on to that and i try to drive myself but i say all of that to say when he passed away obviously there was insurance money and all of that stuff that came to his two daughters and to my parents it came to my parents my father got my mother to sign over her portion of the check to him oh, knowing come on. knowing that my 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 family, my sisters, and everybody deserved their share. I didn't need it because uh, I was making pretty good change at them, but they certainly did. And why my, did she do that? Why did in other words, it was y'all insurance
3: money word, from your brother. Yes, and,
2: and 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 she signed over the money to him. Yes, because she said y'all don't have to deal with him every day. I do. I don't want to hear his mouth. I can do without the money if he wants it that bad. Let him have it. So we were definitely pissed about that. Damn but, right, it's but, crazy. And you know,
3: you know, I was thinking yeah. about it. Your mother even said to you, "Don't write this book until I'm dead and your father's dead." Yes. She protected him to the end.
2: To she the gave end. Him money, she get. She boy, she just. She was. She was a phenomenal woman. My mother, and she had a heart of gold. Um, she she had a heart most of us wouldn't have, to be quite honest with you. Um, wow. and and but but to answer the question about when we stopped talking, the reason we stopped talking is because I drove him to Kennedy Airport. To have that conversation with him. You know good and well, Basil, my brother, died wondering whether or not you ever loved him. You have no right to this money. And I don't give a damn what mom signed you or signed over to. I said, you have no right to this. This is wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. And he said, um, he said, so be it. He said, I'm getting the house. I'm going to use this to get the house. And when I'm dead and gone, y'all can have the house in St. Thomas. I said, but you're wrong to take that. I said, Dad, you know something? I said, you're crossing the line here. That's blood money. And I said, and if you take this money, I said, you didn't lose one son. You lost two. Wow. And I said that, and he was in the passenger seat, and he looked to his left, looked right at me, He said, okay, so be it. Mm. Opened the car door, walked out. But he never thought I was serious. And for the next 18 years or so, nothing more than high and by. I had nothing to say to him. Nothing.
3: How scared were you when you became a father that, you know, as much as you consciously know that he was just not a good father, how much of him is inside of you, do you think, that you're not aware of and that you could make the same mistakes parenting? what, What steps did you take? To become a good father. Did you go into therapy to try to undo the shit that you learned from him?
2: No. The only time I went to therapy was when I lost my mother. Because people around me um, didn't know. But I cried every day for about a year and a half to two years. I was devastated. Um, I was just devastated. But I'd get around everybody else. I had to put on a good face. I got to go on TV. Do first take on ESPN every weekday morning. And and, And I was going through. There were times, Howard, where... And I had to, and, and I got a boss, his name is Dave Roberts, and I, I, I love him dearly, even though he's tyrannical to work for because nobody's more committed <laughs> to winning than him. He just never lets up, but I love him dearly. And I just sat him down one day and I just told him, I said, I've had episodes where I'm thinking about my parents and my life after my mother died. And I literally am sitting across from someone baiting me and I'm going like a minute, a minute and a half, and I didn't hear a word they said. I didn't hear anything. <clears throat> I'm just, I just drifted that dramatically. I said, I'm not right. I said, I'm disguising it well, but I'm not right. And I took myself to therapy and I just, um, I sat down with my therapist and I just, I just said to her, I started off, I said, I'm a mess. I said, I know I'm a mess because it's now gotten to a point where, um, I got my assistant, Sumatra, who's like my right hand. I love her dearly. I got my bodyguard, Juvie, who's like a big brother to me. I'm sitting there and I'm working with them and they don't know that I walked away and I went upstairs and changed clothes or whatever, but I'm breaking down crying because I'm missing my mother, my mother so badly. Um, you know, friends, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going out on a date. I'm, I'm hanging with my boys or whatever. And I'm going up to use the bathroom and I stay there a little bit longer, about a little extra five minutes because the tears would just come out of nowhere and I'm devastated. Um, wow. I got attitude with people. You know, I, I, I mean, we might have had our differences in the past, but I'm on the air with my guy, Mac, uh, uh, my, my former co-host, Max Kellerman. And, you know, I'm jumping on him. I'm jumping on him. And it's like, and then I go go I go to commercial, and I'm like, that's not about him. He didn't mm-hmm. do anything wrong right then. It's me. And then um, I don't know if you know anything about soap operas, but one of the biggest stars in the history of soap operas is Eric Braden, who plays Victor Newman on Young and the Restless. He's a dear friend. Um, along with Maurice Bernard, who plays Sonny Corinthos on General Hospital. He's a dear friend. And on separate occasions... Cause I I have a recurring role on General Hospital, so I'm friends with Maurice Bernard, and on separate occasions, they both looked at me and they said, "My brother, it's uncomfortable at times watching you on television. Mm. You're wow. getting you're getting on folks, and it, it's not it's not a lot, but something's not right." I knew what it was. I just didn't tell anybody, and I and and then you know. It, it could did, be, did the therapist give you medication? Did no, she help no, you in no, that no way? medication. No She just talking. She just talked to me. She just talked right. to me because she she wanted me to let it out. And she and one time she asked me. She said, "Why won't you cry?" She said, "I know you say you cry when you're alone, but why won't you cry right now as you're talking about this? What 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 holds back those tears?" I said, "Accountability." I said, "I'm crying when I'm sad." I'm not sad when I'm accountable. Hmm. When I'm accountable and I'm dealing with that accountability, it's like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I've done. And I've got to correct this because my world is going to come apart because I was just getting volatile. My patience was wearing thin. I had no patience for anybody, you know, an argument would would, would explode into something that it even wasn't even meant to be with friends, with loved ones, with family or whatever. And it had nothing to do with any of them. It had everything to do with A, the one person in this world that I knew loved me unconditionally and forever was gone. And B, I'm left to figure all of this out on my own. I'm not married. Um, I'm a father with two daughters and I've got 15 nieces and nephews and grandnieces and nephews I got four older sisters I'm the patriarch of the family I know folks are looking to me to be that person not always financially even though I certainly am generous but definitely emotionally and what have you and it just got to a point where I had to weed people out of my life and it was unfair to them, Howard, but I weeded them out because I blamed people who couldn't see that I was going through something that would treat me as if I never lost my mother that would treat me as if I never had these experiences. And I was like, I'm not blaming them for it, but I can't have them in my space if I'm going to get through this and survive because when people truly, truly love you, they might not know what's wrong, but they know something ain't right. And the people who truly love you, their instincts are to be there for you. And the people who don't just move on. And I had to I, learn that.
3: I love these two guys who came to you and said, hey, you know, when we watch you on TV, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Some people would be, um, you know, a narcissist would be like, what do you mean? I'm not good on the air or, you know, they would get protective or they would get that wall up. But you accepted their criticism, which is uh, which speaks highly of you. The one thing I was curious about is I would have thought how dynamic would it have been if you could have been in therapy with a male therapist because you had such a bad relationship with your father and your father betrayed you in so many ways. How dynamic would it be for you to build a relationship with a man where you could love this man? And appreciate this man and let him see you. Yeah, that's true. That,
2: that, That would have been interesting. I thought about that, but I will say this. I've been blessed and fortunate from the male component to have a lot of loved ones in my life. Uh, my cousin Derek, uh, my brother in law, Darren Odie, um, my 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 former uh uh head of telecommunications at Winston Salem State University, he was like a father to me. Uh Dr., uh Mr. Robert Devon who passed away. Um my 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 brother Rashawn McDonald who's my manager and who who is every bit as opinionated and and obviously gave me the same kind of advice that Maurice Bernard and uh, uh Eric Braden gave me. I have been along with and, and then my childhood buddies, my man Cardell, Pooley, Marshall and and my college boys and you know, and then and and, and you know what the Isaiah Thomas is the world Hall of Famer Michael Jordan's of the world Shaq Kobe God rest his soul the kind of things that they said to me about me The love they had for me and have for me emboldened me and uplifted me because they were reminding me we expect things from you But there's a reason why you're too important you matter too much because we know who you are as a man, and when and, you, and, and but, I have those people in my life were very very beneficial.
3: But, but that brings up an interesting question. But as a as a guy who's an authority in sports and people respect your honesty, as you become more popular and you become more influential, mm-hmm. there's a point where you know the Kobe Bryant's of the world, or I mean, I don't know the Tom Brady's of the world. Yeah. They become your friends. They yes. these guys, you know, they get to know you, and and yes. perhaps you've said something great about them. But then, do you worry as a journalist, if I'm friends with these guys, how can I criticize them? Uh, I would think that would be the major dilemma. The more popular you get, the harder it is to make fun of these guys. Not fun, but, right. but to right. say, hey, this guy's not performing well. This guy mm. isn't doing his job. Yes. You know what I mean? It's it's it, How hard is it to be objectively
2: critical of these guys? <laughs> it's it, it can be hard for most, and I totally understand that, Howard. Not for me, because before friendship takes place, the boundaries are set. Your personal life is your business. You can always I don't give a damn who you are. You can always come to me to tell me your story. And if you tell me to shut the hell up and don't say a word, I will not say a word. You tell me not to divulge it publicly. I will never betray your trust. I'm that dude. I'm made of that cloth. Mm-hmm. But what you do on the field or court of play in front of thousands in attendance and millions watching, that's my domain. And what you're not going to do is compromise telling me what the hell I saw. So, so do, you you play like Bobby, huh? oh, do you ever get the phone call? you So absolutely, let's say a guy. Absolutely. I don't know. Who's, who's Kobe, one of the. Kobe. Kobe God okay. rest his soul. Yes. Uh, he scared me. Now, he scared me. <laughs> Kobe scared, <laughs> to, you know? Kobe's, Kobe's scared to the living shit out of me because here's why. Kobe was a savant. You did not know more basketball than Kobe Bryant. Right. So when Kobe Bryant called you to complain, and and this is exact, I can quote him. I mean, I oh, I miss him so much. I can quote him for you right now. Voicemail. You know who this is, motherfucker. (laughs) Get your ass up, pick up the fucking phone, and call me back. That bullshit you just said. Wow. And don't keep me waiting for so long either. Your ass better not go on the air and say some other shit before you talk to me. What happened, Kobe? What did you say? I would say something along the lines of, you know something? I don't like the way he's playing. It's selfish basketball right now. Look at this shot. Look at that shot selection. Look at this decision. What the hell is he doing? Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And he called me up. And so he called me up, and I'll be like this, what now, man? And he's and he'll say, look, you say you're watching basketball. The motherfucker watched the game. You didn't see this person do this. You didn't see him do this. You didn't see this dude miss this back cut. You didn't see this dude miss this dunk. You didn't see him drop the damn three passes that I threw to him over the first fucking 20 minutes. The fuck are you talking about? And by the way, you see here, and you see this coach, right? He don't know what the fuck he doing, Steve. He don't know what he's doing, Stephen A. What you doing? What you talking about? So you're going to bring up all that shit about me, but you didn't bring up that. And I went like this. Well, we were talking about you. I get all what you saying, but that don't absolve the shit you did. And then we get into it. And he says, and then he'll go like this. I have no idea why I love your ass. I really don't. (laughs) Sometimes I really, really don't. But I love you. He said, but you go on the air, you say that shit again. I'm calling you to curse your ass out. (laughs) <laughs> but and what then, an and then honor he'll say, and then he'll say love you and then he'll <laughs> hang up but oh, what an honor yeah. to have kobe
3: Bryant, one of the greatest basketball Ever. players to be so invested in your opinion you
2: know what i mean yeah. it's 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 a it's a tribute to how important you yeah. became let me let me share this with you too because this is i will openly tell you this is a moment where i did fight back tears i'm a diehard knicks fan They've been sorry for a long time. Uh, (laughs) They really pissed me off. (laughs) They really pissed me off. Their ownership. I mean, they're, they're staring in a better direction, but they really pissed me off. At this time, Isaiah Thomas was running the show. He was also the basketball coach. They're sorry. They're just playing horrible. And they go to Boston. And they lose by 45. I pick up the phone. (laughs) And I'm, I'm near tears because I know what I'm going to do. I call Isaiah Thomas and I said, my brother, this is the man Howard, by the way, that gave me, he was the first professional athlete to ever give me an interview. I was a high school reporter for the New York Daily News in 1993, and I went to a Knicks game at the Garden. I'm sorry, but before that, they had like a shoot around earlier that morning. And Isaiah Thomas stopped talking to the media to give me an exclusive interview to help my career. I love this man. Right. And they played like garbage, and they looked like garbage. And I said, I picked up the phone to him, and I said, I'm so sorry from the bottom of my heart. I have to call for you to be fired. You have to go. I said, it's just too bad. You got too much going on. And I said, your personal business is your personal business, but it's so bad right now. You cannot be the coach of this team. And Isaiah Thomas said, my brother, do your job. I understand. And when I tell you, when I tell you the level of love to this day that I have for him for that moment, um, I cannot put it into words because obviously he could have reacted so differently, but it was so bad because he had so much personal stuff going on that he knew at that time he probably needed to go. And I remember, and it harkened me back to what that soccer coach at Wake Forest that I wrote about in my book, Straight Shooter, um, Walt Chizowicz was his name. He's now deceased as well. He taught me the game of soccer. I was an aspiring reporter and he had summoned the team over. I was as an intern and I was called upon to do this big piece and he called the team over and he said, I want you to give him complete access for the next three days. We're going to teach him the sport of soccer so he can write a good feature on us. And, and, and the article was so good that the sports editor, Terry Oberly at the Winston Salem journal back then made named me the beat writer for the soccer team. And they were ranked third in the country. And Walt Chisiewicz did not like an article that I wrote. And I said, what did I do? He said, that was a bullshit article. He said, you didn't tell the truth. You soft. He said, you got getting along with these players and you're scared to insult. He said, you know, this defenseman didn't do his job. You know, this center didn't do his job. You know, this goalie didn't do his job. You didn't say it. He said, you're not here to be our friend. You're here to call it like you see it. Be humane. Be respectful, be thorough, but call it like you see it. You said you wanted to be a journalist, right? Well, this is how it has to be done. And don't let me tell you that again. Hold us accountable. And that includes me. That's what he said to me. And wow. I got it.
3: I got to tell you, those two, first of all, when you just, I just, I got tears in my eyes when you told me about Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. I mean, well, oh my God, for him to say to you, then you got to go do your job, job my brother. Yeah. What a
2: man. What a man. What Are you man. still friendly with him? Are uh, you talk all the time? You talk all the that's time. Amazing. I love him daily. so he didn't daily. shut down on you. no nope. He didn't No. Nope. He said
3: you've got your job to do and I don't resent you.
2: And he was a lot like Kobe. Like if he disagreed with me about saying called curse me out. You know? <laughs> He'd call <laughs> curse me out whatever we we'd go back and forth. But 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 you that's know,
3: what But it was. isn't this but isn't this a great lesson in life? How yeah. many of us, and myself included, we hold back? From picking up the phone and telling a friend what we really think. Yeah. And what you're saying, it's just the opposite. It's just the opposite. Be totally up front. Yes. Respectful, I, I'm, but up front. Respectfully, but up front and say, listen, your your team is terrible and I've got a call for you to be fired." I couldn't make that phone call. The fact that you made that phone call, the, the whole thing is so perfect and beautiful. Yeah. It's like two highly
2: evolved guys having a conversation Well, and not getting angry. Well, remember, it started for me in college when I was on a basketball team on a scholarship and I wrote that my coach needed to retire. <laughs> right. I did that, you know, because I was, what was his? I was, and he was like, fuck off, you know, but he ultimately came to my defense when other people wanted me thrown off the team because he said he came to me, looked me in the face. He told me what he was going to write and he told me why he's an aspiring journalist, That's what you're supposed to do. Leave him alone. And that was before the whole Walt Chiswick conversation. So I had Coach Gaines and Walt Chiswick, and they ultimately framed, they validated that I was doing the right thing by approaching this profession the way that I approached it. And then somebody like Isaiah Thomas, you know, he's a guy that just... You know, just took it to another level with that experience. And then there's the Michael Jordan thing because Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan is one of these, it's just a misnomer about him because that, that, that's a friend. That's somebody that's a brother. I love Michael Jordan, obviously. And, and I thank him. We or anybody associated with basketball should thank Michael Jordan for what he's done for the game of basketball. People get on him because they think that he can't take criticism. That is not true. Michael Jordan. Will cuss me out or somebody else out quicker than you can say your name if you blindside him. If you call Michael Jordan, this is how I feel. Here's why he's got no problem with you. Give him an opportunity to explain. And if he has no explanation... Or he couldn't reach you, didn't return your call or whatever, whatever. He's very big about that. That is a, a complete misnomer about most of these guys. Uh, Shaq is a guy. Shaq had a problem with Kobe. Shaq was playing, not, wasn't playing well. I said, what the hell is he doing? Last 2004, in the finals against the Pistons, what the hell is going on with Shaquille O'Neal? Shaquille O'Neal is at the Palace in Auburn Hills. Walks off the playoff line. Off the off off the line, literally they're warming up. Walks off the line, walks across the court to approach me. What I need to do, bro? I said, "You the diesel, you Shaquille O'Neal. What the hell is one guy doing defending you? You're seven one, three 330 pounds. You abuse him. You abuse him. I don't give a damn what it takes. What the hell is wrong with you?" And he was like this, "My dog." Thank you. Walked off the line and went into the game and was dominant until the second quarter where Kobe looked him off and threw the pass in a different direction because Kobe knew he was having a great game. And him and Kobe was hating each other so much that Kobe wow. did not want him to have a great game and threw the ball in the other direction. Can
3: you believe
2: a guy of that caliber
3: is coming to you and saying, what do I do? you got to pinch yourself a little bit. Yeah. It is an amazing accomplishment. I mean, it's yeah. unreal. And Has anyone ever played the black card with you where mm-hmm. a, a player will call you up and say, hey, my brother. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, why are you saying these things? All you the should time. Be... And, 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 and
2: that's insulting, right? As no, a, no, no, it isn't. What they're asking, see, and this is important for white folks to understand this, Howard. When a brother comes up to you and he says, my brother, yes, it would be nice if you saw things the way he wanted you to see them. But what they're really asking you to do is just comprehend their perspective before you give an opinion. That's what they're really asking for. Like, listen, man, I I mean, and make sure that it's not personal. Like, there's no animus. There's no disagreement. You're being completely and totally objective. That way, if I come at you and I express myself in a cogent manner that you comprehend fully, you don't necessarily uh, uh, uh look at me like I'm just trying to spin or anything like that. You're embracing what I'm giving you with the authenticity that I would like you to embrace it with. That's what they're really asking when they come at you and they say, my brother. They want to make sure you understand, listen, I'm looking at you differently than I look at the typical white person or somebody of a different ethnicity that might be covering me. I expect you to get it. Think about what Mike Tyson once said to uh uh, one of the espn uh one of jeremy shapp if i remember correctly he talked about how volatile he could be at one time and i'm paraphrasing here because the interview was a long time ago but what mike tyson was like yeah i can accept it a little bit from you because i don't expect you to get it but a black dude he's ready to knock his head off he's like because you should know better He's saying where we come from, this mentality, whatever menacing mentality or persona I might wear, how I might be, etc., etc. Don't act like you don't know as a black man where this is coming from, from me. The white dude might not get it. I might have to explain to him, but your ass should get it. And if you don't get it, it makes me want to knock your head off because I know it's impossible that you don't get it. You have to know. And I got Mike Tyson where he was coming from with that. And I hold on to that when I'm talking to professional athletes because I always let them know. Howard, I got listen, I got a lot going on. I'm on TV all the time. I got time to be going to games all the time and stuff like that. I used to go to over 125 games a year. I don't have that time right now. But I try to go to games. Howard, do you know why I have to go to games? Because I don't have to report on the games afterwards, you know. I don't have to do you know why I go to games I go to games for the sole express purpose that you will see me and anybody who wants to come up to me to say look man I need your number look man meet me after the game look man let's talk tonight let's meet up the spot let's have a conversation because I heard what you said or whatever I'm accessible I make sure that every professional athlete knows or has a way to reach me. In other words, you're not embarrassed by your opinion or afraid of your opinion because
3: they're no. honest opinions and you're not afraid to be confronted by a fan or a, a player or any of these people. Right. I, I mean um Absolutely I am. That's not. why I go nowhere. I, no. I I really I admire what you're saying because this sounds incredibly evolved as a human being, what mm. you're saying. I love your whole philosophy. And 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 you know, the thing with sports for me is sometimes you know, I look at it and I go gee well you know why is everyone so worked up i was never an athlete i never really followed sports yeah i followed the knicks for a while when i was a kid and i i always enjoyed the giants and all of that kind of thing but i never got really passionate about it and Mm -hmm. i see guys with this passion and i go why don't i have that why don't i have that passion and in a way that's your job. You're the ambassador of all these sports. Mm-hmm. You're the one who's explaining to guys like me or any other guy why this is so great, why athleticism is great, and, and, and why we should well, honor these guys.
2: But nothing's, nothing's great for everybody. Listen, Howard, mm-hmm. I, I know players. I know professional athletes who would give up their career in the next 15 minutes to sit where you're sitting. Right. They do it because that's their gift. And that facilitates them being in a position to maximize their potential. Right. That's why they do it. But make no mistake about it. Everybody's got something everybody and for me personally, I'm a sports writer. I would never tell you I'm not passionate about sports, that I don't care. But I'm not nearly as passionate about sports, Howard, as I am about being in a position to 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 spread a message to the masses, to have a voice that resonates and has an impact. That is what I wanna do. Sports is just the conduit that I use to pull it off. But that's me, sitting in front of Howard Stern, talking about my memoir, talking about my life, knowing millions upon millions of people are listening, the potential to have an impact of a positive way to affect the lives of so many people, through my life experiences that I was willing to to, to, to to reveal and display, that is more important to me than a basketball bouncing or football being caught for a touchdown.
3: I'm also impressed with your book because you talk about being a journalist. Like I think a lot of guys on sports radio mm-hmm. don't have the um, depth of your experience. I right. think there's something special about the fact that you were a newspaper journalist mm. that you covered the beat that you had to put um your opinions in a, in an article in a very succinct way right. that had to go through
2: an editor I think that kind of training I really respect and that was only after 10 years in the business remember how it I became a columnist in 2003 back then there was no social media and so right. before then if you remember you could write features, you could be an investigative reporter, you could be a beat writer. Only columnists had the license to express their opinion. And right. I wasn't allowed to do that till 2003. How frustrating was that to oh, be a straight a journalist? Oh, it was a killer. It was a killer for me because I always had opinions. I Always had opinions. And I couldn't express them. I was definitely, stri- I, was, I was in a straight jacket. I was in but it didn't it was a, didn't you want to say, didn't you want to say to your boss, I'm, I'd be a great columnist. Stop putting me on the beat. I did, but they, I had to work my way up. When I became a columnist in 2003, I was the 21st African American, the 21st black man in this nation's history to become a general sports columnist. There was only 20 black men before me, 20 black people before me that pulled it off. So it was an incredible, incredible accomplishment, which is why when you got these bloggers out here talking their shit sometimes and all of this other stuff, I remind folks, excuse me, I ain't no damn blogger. I worked my way up to get to this point. I said yep. I, I was I was living off a of tuna fish and Kool Aid, working in Archdale, North Carolina. I did four internships before I became a high school reporter. I play, I play I, I I I worked for fourteen months at the New York Daily News before I covered college. I got promoted seven times at the Philadelphia Inquirer before I became a columnist. And all of this was before ESPN ever came about. My opinion is earned; it wasn't given to yes. me. Yes. You see, I agree
3: with that. I think there's a reason, a
2: deeper reason, why you
3: are the number one guy at uh, in sports right now. You're the highest paid, I think, uh, sports commentator as far as I've I've read. I think it is because you have that formal training that you had to sit there and write articles without opinion right. and play it straight and then finally earn the chops to give your opinion and give it in such a way that it made sense through an editor's eyes too.
2: Not only that, and remember you got to cultivate those relationships cuz you got to yep. go to the games. You got to get information. You've got to cultivate re- you got to network, you got to cultivate relationships, build resources. You got to do all of those things. Yes, I'm a personality. Yes, I've evolved. Yes, I'm a television guy. All of that stuff is true. No but doubt about it. But you're a journalist. But I, you're a journalist. But I'm a journalist and I'm like right. don't uh, like, like my credential. Choose and 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 i'm particular about this not with white folks I mean, you know, white folks that say screaming a and all this, that's cool man it's no big deal my man mad dog russo my buddy they don't call him screaming a, they call him mad dog but it works fine so be it but when black folks don't embrace what folks are trying to do and fend that off that upsets me because I am somebody that's trying to set a path for future folks on the come up from my community to be in this position one day. You don't allow someone to forget my resume. You if you're a black person, all of these jobs that I had, all of this work I put in. All of these sacrifices I made, you're going to let somebody come to me and say, oh, he just screams without while forgetting all the stories that I broke, the dominance that I exhibited covering the NBA and the way I built my career over a span of 25 plus years. You're just going to let them forget that if they forget my resume, what are they going to do to your resume? That's how I think.
3: Doesn't it drive you nuts when someone says, oh, Stephen Smith, well, he's just a rich asshole. He doesn't get it. He doesn't know what it's like in the hood. He doesn't know this shit.
2: It's fucking bullshit. I tell them my exact words is fuck you. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You're clueless. Look at my resume. Google me, as Shaq would say. Google me. It's all there. There is nobody that can question my resume because i've been i've done what all of these reporters are doing and a matter of fact i did it when it was harder now how do you realize what you could do now what you literally could do now you can sit back and wait for players to tweet right and just take a quote off of social media and write a damn article you don't have to break stories i had to break stories and and that's what I like.
3: I like a guy whose resume says, hey, I went out and interviewed these people. I actually sat and waited for them. I got to know them. I wrote a coherent article about them. Your experience makes you the fine broadcaster you are. And and to discount that and just say you scream is, uh, well, it, it's it's trivial. It's a silly comment. Why do guys, I got to ask you this. When you look at your buddy Mad Dog, you mentioned him yes. and, you, and you work with him. Yeah.
2: Do you go crazy?
3: Yeah. Do you go do you go crazy when you look at a guy's career like that and, and, and when you saw the animosity between him and Mike Francesa? I mean, I'm not a sports guy, I'm a broadcaster. Right. And when two guys mesh like that and they have a number one show, why the fuck can't they
2: just get along? What what um, is the what is that? I don't I mean, think like that I don't think like that. What happened is this, Howard. You've been working together for years. Look at what I don't know what the divorce rate it is in this country, but I'm sure it's over fifty percent. I mean, yeah. you got people who are married <laughs> yeah. and, and get and get and getting down between the sheets with each other. That all of a sudden say, "I don't love you no more. I don't want you no more." <laughs> I mean, damn, how you going to do that? And then and then be surprised that two people who are arguing with each other for a living every day ultimately get tired of one another after 19 years. But I will tell you this: my respect for both is profound. Right. Um, they are pioneers in this business. And when I brought Mad Dog on my show, First Take, the the bosses didn't think they could get him. I picked up the phone and called them. And in two seconds, he was like, I'm there for you because uh, I love the guy. And, and, I, and I said, this guy and Mike Francesa started Sports Talk Radio. They made Sports Talk Radio what it is. And guess what else I'm going to do, Howard? I'm going to bring them both in soon for an appearance on First Take on ESPN oh. together. Oh, that's together. great. Together. Wow, it's a be, it's a how a reunion. By
3: the way, how did you react when uh, Mad Dog was on my show and he goes, yeah, they're paying me 10000 an episode. Oh, on, that wasn't uh,
2: that- smart. <laughs> I got on him about that. I was like, I said, listen, Howard is I a great. I, I said, I know you did. I, I no. said, Howard is a great interviewer. I said, but you had no business doing that <laughs> that gets in the way <laughs> of the money because now all of a sudden they're gonna be like wait a minute you're gonna have people in an uproar they want to get paid at espn or anybody any other network for that matter Gonna say hell with it we ain't paying none of y'all you gotta worry about <laughs> stuff like that
3: there's so many great stories in your book i even like the story and, and i know we have to wrap it up because yeah. you got stuff to do but uh i do love the story how uh, you were negotiating i think with espn yes and your mother was in the room and she said to you listen son i just heard you negotiating you're coming off a little bit angry and mean. Yeah, you know, why don't you why don't you take it down and not? Yes, I love that story. About
2: well, my mother, mother was my mother again. The she the the title of the book is dedicated to her because when you know when they let me go, she was like, "I'm not saying you deserve to be fired, but look at your attitude. Look at how you talked about them. Look at how you felt." She said, <laughs> "You're not anybody's boss." At the time, and you wouldn't want anybody talking that way about you. You wouldn't want to work with these people. Why should they want to work with you? <laughs> <And> <laughs> so so she held a mirror. And she held a mirror. And up handheld here. mirror. She put it on a tray, <laughs> and so that that, that you know, to, for me to look at myself. And I never forgot that. But it was, it was again. It was it was typical mom accountability. You can't fix anything before you fix yourself. She sounds fabulous. Uh, she Stephen
3: was. A. Smith's uh, books, uh, Straight Shooter. It's uh, it is straight shooting. And I think there's a lot to be learned there. It's available wherever books are sold. Um, By the way, and and one last thing. Sure. I like the Knicks. I go to the games. I love to watch that level of athleticism. And I actually have said I like that they lose all the time because (laughs) then I'm short of my first floor seats because nobody goes to the game. I'm afraid they'll get good and I won't be able to sit there. That's actually true. Is there anything they can do immediately to become a better team? I mean, why don't they ask you your... Dolan,
2: well, 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 trust me, they ask me my opinion. That's why they, they're mad at me. I don't talk to them right now. They don't talk to me right now because I'm disgusted. Really? Well, they, they they piss me off. I'm a diehard Knicks fan, and and Dolan needs to go as an owner. I really wish we had another owner. Um, Have you heard from him? No. not No, no. Not at all. He knows better. Are you banned from uh, sitting at no, the Nick no, game? No, I'm not banned. I banned myself. I refuse wow. to go to a Nick game because Here's the thing. They had an opportunity, and I know, and I know you don't know this, but just just work, work with me here. Hear me out. They have a multitude of draft picks. They could have traded them for this star named Donovan Mitchell. He was in Utah last year. Well, what do the New York Knicks do? They grab a bunch of people and they go to a game where Donovan Mitchell was playing for Utah and Jalen Brunson, who the Knicks now have is playing for Dallas. And they go to the game looking like they're recruiting. Howard, this is not college. It's the pros. Right. Okay. So it offended the folks in Utah. Mm -hmm. And my sources told me Danny Angel's like, the last thing I'll do is give them, give them bastards Donovan Mitchell. I don't give a damn what they say. And he sent Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland. I'm saying, you have a guy that is a star in this league. He will be an all-star this year. And here is a guy that wanted to be a Nick that is from New York that was literally packing his bags, looking forward to coming to New York, and you exacerbate the situation unnecessarily, and you don't get him. Now, Jalen Brunson is going to be an all-star as well. He's done a great job, and that was a great pickup by the New York Knicks. He steadied the ship to some degree from the point guard position. They deserve a lot of credit in that regard. But my goodness, you've got Jalen Brunson. Well, Leon Rose is the president of basketball operations for the Knicks. Jalen Brunson's father was his first client. No problem with that. Rick Brunson's a great guy. But what do you do? A month before you bring Jalen Brunson, you bring his dad. This ain't college, man. You see what I'm saying? It's just the look. It's the the optics of it. They do stuff like this that really shows other players in the league you're somewhat bush league that hurts us we're qu- we're a quality team we'll get to the playoffs but are we winning the championship hell no Howard it's you're
3: not talking about you know what's blowing my mind right now and I know you, you're, you're getting a high sign but you're talking about like not even basketball you're talking right. about human beings yes. stuff. like stuff you do as that's a human being that's what drives
2: th- me crazy about the Knicks that's oh, why I won't God. go to the garden, because they pissed me off. <laughs> and I said, you know something? I'm going to keep my cool, because if I go to the garden now, they're going to do something to piss me off, and I'm going to go on wow. first take on ESPN, and I'm going to explode. And I want to do it, so I'm doing them a favor by staying away. you got to come I, back. I've known these guys Listen. 20 years. I've known these guys 20 years and won't talk to them.
3: Listen, and they won't talk to invest- as an investigative journalist, you have to come back next time sure. and tell me who Tom Brady is having sex with. That's what I want to know.
2: Why? That's something Why? I Why? do you have I any. pose poses the president of basketball operations for the Knicks. Jalen Brunson's father was his first client. No problem with that. Rick Brunson's a great guy. But what do you do? A month before you bring Jalen Brunson, you bring his dad. This ain't college, man. You see what I'm saying? It's just the look. It's the, it's sure, the sure. optics of it. They do stuff yes. like this that really shows other players in the league. You're somewhat Bush League. That hurts us. We're we're a quality team. We'll get to the playoffs, but are we winning a championship? Hell no, Howard. It's you're not talking happen. about,
3: you know what's blowing my mind right now? And I know you're, you're getting a high sign, but you're talking about like, not even basketball. You're talking right. about human beings. stuff, yes. Like stuff you
2: do as a That's human being. That's what drives me crazy about the Knicks. That's oh, why I won't God. go to the Garden. Because they pissed me off. <laughs> and I said, you know something? I'm going to keep my cool. Because if I go to the Garden now, they're going to do something to piss me off. And I'm going to go on wow. first take on ESPN and I'm going to explode. don't want to do it. So I'm doing them a favor by staying away. <laughs> you got to come how, back. I've known these guys Listen. 20 years. I've known these guys 20 years and won't talk to them. Listen, and as, an
3: invest, as an investigative journalist, you have to come back next time sure. and tell me who Tom Brady is having sex with. That's what I want to know. Why? That's something why? I... Why? Do you have Howard. any...
2: Howard, come on. Howard, that's his business, Howard. Howard,
6: Howard, Howard. I'm business? so sorry.
2: Yeah.
3: He, he, right. They're yeah. freaking yeah. out. He's got to be on
6: TV. Okay. Okay. I'm cool. All right. Stephen well, A. can Smith. I just
4: say, Stephen, it's yes. been a pleasure Robin, to have you here and listen to your story. I was so anxious to meet you and see what you were all about. And you are. You are genuine. Thank and uh, that's
2: wonderful to see. Well, so are both of you. And how it is an honor and a thank privilege you. to be on the show. Thank you so much, Robin. Same love, well, man. Loved having you on. Loved the
3: book. Stephen Straight Shooters available wherever books are sold. Watch Stephen host First Take weekdays at ten a.m. on ESPN, and here's Stephen on Sirius XM's ESPN Extra channel eighty one. Well, uh, fantastic. Thank You've you. Buddy. Inspired me. Thank you very much. Thank you, Stephen my man. A Smith. Take Look care. At this guy, I Bye. like you. Great. I tell you, that's impressive.
4: Somebody more opinionated than you.
3: <laughs> I tell you, made me feel like a, a door. Uh, what do they call that? A door mouse or something. I don't know. What is that a called? A dormouse? Uh, not what's a, a wallflower. That's what it is. Wallflower. <laughs> you know, uh, I couldn't help but think Robin A. Smith no, has a no, nice no. ring Will to it. Stop. I'm not kidding.
4: I'm out of that game. Closed
3: for business. That's right what a power no couple. need you for me to
4: try to try to get along with somebody now
3: <laughs> robin a quivers <laughs> <laughs> i like it well that what an inspiring guy i mean i'm very yes. very uh very uh very interesting guy stephen a smith and i know uh real men love him they love sports and they love him well
4: listen to him he knows all about the thing they love
3: sure as hell does
4: when, when he, he starts uh, talking about what's wrong with the say, it's like, yes, stuff that has nothing to do with what happens on the court is ruining everything on the court.
3: You learned something today.
4: It's I not did. often you,
3: it's not often you uh, learn anything because very you're, few you're people an can
4: teach me how.
3: All right. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> no, I understand why you'd want to date him. I do too. So uh, I'm going to ask him out. I didn't say
4: I wanted to date him. Where are you coming off with this?
3: Oh, I thought somebody said that. I thought I heard a you voice said. in my head say so anyway, that. I said that. <laughs> uh, wow. All it's right. Let me take. Fascinating a... to listen to. Let me take a break. We'll come back, and we're going to. Well, I, I've got to. First of all, I'm 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 doing a terrible job. I did not announce who won best phony phone call this year. No. We did another. That's right. We're already into the middle of January, and I haven't announced that. And I need to also uh, tell you, give you an update on Bigfoot, because like Stephen A. Smith, Bigfoot has written a book, and uh, and that's right.
4: Calling his straight
3: shooter? (laughs) No, no. In fact, he didn't even know. You'll hear. I'll give you an exclusive. He doesn't even know what he's calling his book because he didn't know the name of it. (laughs) <laughs> he got it wrong all right we'll be back right after this so my lovely wife beth is here because uh she wants to talk about a situation that involves animals
9: well no mm-hmm. i need help you I'm, need help i'm asking for help right now all right go ahead honey. all right so um in florida um uh, my good friends eric and me meg weinberger have a sanctuary called rescue life sanctuary and they took their kids to the south um south florida fair last weekend and there was a sign, an auction, a pig, Bella Pig was up for auction. Cute picture of Bella in, in a little tutu. And they're like, oh, we would love to take Bella home. So they bid. They won the bid. So they went up to pay for Bella. And um there was no signage, nothing s- stating that it was actually a termination auction. Meaning <sighs> that you had to buy... You had to to auction the animals, and if you bought them, you had to slaughter them. So they had no idea. They were going to pay for the pig and asking where they could pick up Bella, and they were asked, how do you want the meat delivered? And they said, oh, no, we're just going to take her home. Well, they refused. Um, Bella was sent to the slaughterhouse. So I'm trying to get to the slaughterhouse and figure out how we can get Bella back.
3: So, in other words, can I ask a couple of questions?
9: Yes, I have all the information.
3: Bella the pig. Yeah. By the way, now we're into pig rescue because. I I need uh, to get
9: Bella. I need to get Bella to Eric and Meg's house today.
3: Okay, here's the thing. So, what are their names? Eric and Meg? Yeah. Okay, Eric and Meg go to this auction. They see a a cute pig. They even have the pig. The pig's got a name. Once you You name name a pig. Why
4: do you name a pig? Once you name a pig, come on. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, by the way, pigs are so intelligent; they're as smart as three-year-olds. I've I've read about pigs. I don't eat any. Maybe pig.
4: smarter than some of the people in Congress.
3: Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, these two people they go to the auction. They fall in love with the pig. They say, "Hey, we don't want to see the pig get slaughtered." They pay the thousands of dollars. It was
9: a, a state law that if it is indeed a termination auction, you have to agree. But there was nothing noted, nothing written no signs nothing so they just but were what optioning. would it what
3: would it hurt if these two people took the pig home and decided not to kill it i mean that's what, what
9: they're they they do not want to they're they right. want them to welcome bella to their sanctuary
3: and so everyone's saying you can't have the pig yeah, we need refuse. to kill this pig
9: it's the woman um the state the the ceo of the fair i actually saw this in this whole um situation on the the local news yesterday which brought it to my attention i texted my friend meg um, so but how the can we help speaking is saying she just she said it's a wrong message for children. And I'm <laughs> trying to figure out that. Why?
3: In other words, if the pig is for slaughter, it's the, a bad message for the, children to yeah, see the pig being saved,
9: being rescued. Correct.
3: Yeah, uh,
4: the, the, the kids aren't going to see that message. Where are they going to get that message? It's, it's so.
9: In it's other horrible. words,
3: we got to bust this I pig have out. The
9: name of the slaughterhouse and the the names of the people so what, and the number. Well,
3: okay. Well, wait a second. But how? Will
9: you how, call them for me? I,
3: I mean, call them on the air.
9: Yeah. Maybe. Well, maybe
3: work. I tell you what.
9: Oh, honey, it might be too late. Every minute is going.
3: Mm. what do i do i i he mean you i know you I don't need...
9: ask you for anything <laughs> well oh
3: <laughs> <laughs> but but uh i don't know i mean
9: i have the name of the slaughterhouse can let I me say think it?
3: well i don't know i don't know anything about this i don't know if,
9: uh, what
3: maybe whoever owns call this the
4: slaughterhouse i would call them say Hold that on. you know we, we we know of this situation is there something we can do in other words,
3: it's kind of heartbreaking. The pig could have a nice life in the sanctuary yes. with these people. Oh, I've
9: been there. It's incredible.
3: And the pig could have fun and and enjoy the rest of and its and life.
9: We don't we have just part to tell millions
4: pig, pig, of people
3: please. Um. All right. Well, why don't you give the number to Gary? let's give the number to Gary off the air. And Gary, I got to get. I got to call them and say, don't want "Hey, would phones you?" The
4: bones jammed right now. Yeah. We want to
9: get Howard
3: through. But I have okay. to call and say, if, ask them if they, if they, if a representative would come on the air with me. Okay, I can't I'm just. Sen- throw- I'm
9: texting to Gary now. All
3: right, because I can't throw somebody on the air. That that's illegal. That's no, I- It's against the law. No. Oh.
6: I will call as soon as I get the number, Howard, and I will let you know.
3: Okay, let me know if they're willing to talk to me, and and I'll uh, talk. To, I'll 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 talk my usual.
9: Uh, it's the slider house you're going to be talking to. I
3: understand. The, the pig Megan, is still,
9: Megan, do we um, know if Bella's pig. still with us? We don't, we don't know. Okay. Oh. But I have Bella's picture. I would know if they were... I, I would know.
3: Why do they care?
9: This is so crazy. It's so crazy. I know yeah, these I people bought this pig. They should be able to do with it what they want. Right. And you know what they even did? the The agricultural school for the upcoming farmers, that's where the money goes to, they even did a separate GoFundMe and made even more money for the family that raised Bella. And the well, poor about, little girl uh, who raised Bella was crying hysterically, knowing that Bella was going to be, I mean, slaughtered. The whole oh thing is goodness.
3: so messed so up. So why can't the, uh, what? where's the Governor DeSantis? Can he step in and say... Come on,
9: DeSantis, pardon this pig for me. Yeah.
3: Come on, Governor DeSantis. How about the pig?
9: You're, it's, you know, you're
4: thinking about running for president. It'd be great yeah. to, to pardon the pig. Pardon the pig. I'll,
3: uh, I'll, I'll think, uh, warm thoughts about you as you run.
9: The CEO of the fair is the one that's being very, um. Well,
3: he's got his point of view. Let me, let me handle this.
9: I didn't say anything. I just,
3: uh, here's a fact. Bella's Bella. The pig's full name is Bella B. Swine. Bella B. Swine. Did you know oh, that? I did know oh, that. you did know that. Yes. How old is she?
9: I don't know.
3: Okay. Honey, uh, I know. Here, Maryann from. Too
9: involved in.
3: All right, I'll I'll, I'll try, listen. I want to come through for Bella the pig. I feel bad for her now. Now I know her. Uh, Maryann from Brooklyn, go ahead. Yes,
1: I know the story, Beth. I just tweeted it out. To be honest, we should we should boycott the South Florida Fair, and we should start. Probably calling DeSantis's office because if this is going on in the world that somebody can't take a pig and keep them safe and sound, and they want to slaughter it, is yeah. outrageous.
0: And what about Lois Pope uh, Beth, in, in South Palm or in West Palm? She's oh a yeah, state.
3: she's pretty. I, I should
9: call Lois. Absolutely, I yeah. I, I, ha- I know Lois very well. That's a good idea. You should call Lois. Uh, she's big here, and she well, knows.
3: Maybe what uh, the deal maybe is. the fans can call Governor DeSantis if they I'll feel. this...
1: Howard. I was just going to look for the number, and I just tweeted it out
0: the story and i All put right, it
3: on let's pre- let's let's pretend for a minute that i'm governor desantis and you get through to him marianne let's uh let me hear how you're going to yell and scream okay i'm gonna go hi this is governor desantis what's up
1: hi governor desantis um i want to tell you that i'm a big howard bet
3: and how and it been no, no, no no I no 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 wrong okay. wrong wrong okay, wrong okay, he doesn't okay, care about that so, hi, hey, listen, okay listen i'm calling on behalf of a little pig that yeah, someone wants to pig. save well, can you I'm, I'm step in? A, Start again.
1: Can you step in and help us save the pig? Because if you save the big pig, we'll have a whole new light set on you. Maybe you'll look more human to us and more caring. <laughs> all so right. If you good. Have, no? Go, go. Call yes,
4: him. good. Go call Do him it. now. Okay. That's your that's
1: job. A, okay, Howard, one more thing. Guess what? I don't you know if she be... should
4: say you'll look more human to us. <laughs> oh,
1: we'll be okay. ever so <laughs> grateful.
4: Believe me. Yeah. But, uh, there you go. Uh, Listen Robin. to
1: Rob. I'm not all <laughs> with Howard. I know how to speak. Give me. Oh, okay. I'm just trying to make sure. You know what happens to me. I get my mojo Howard going. All right,
3: I- thank you. All right. I, everyone, uh, here's Mike, who says he knows everyone at the fair. Go ahead, Mike.
1: Hey, uh, Howard, Beth, Robin. Uh, yeah, so I live
5: right next to South Florida Fair. I actually do a bunch of marketing and stuff. I was part of a radio station there that uh, brought, you know, uh, did a lot of stuff with them. I can get the pig. Give me the number. I'll get my truck. I'll pick that pig up. I'll put it in my backyard with my dog, Roxy
3: and Stella. Well, we
5: don't we need you to, to do that. Yeah, house.
4: you don't need to get the, the pig.
9: Yeah, yeah. We have a truck so, for the pig. Meg does.
3: Uh, how all right. All right. Um, go ahead, Gary. What do you got?
6: I spoke to somebody there. They were very nice. I was very nice to them. They did not want to come on the air. I asked, would there be anybody there that would be willing to come on the air? And he just said that they. we just, he goes, I'm not very good on the air. I don't want to get involved.
9: Do we know fella's alive?
6: I did not ask.
3: Can you ask if I could speak to him off the air? Because sometimes people listen to me because yeah. I'm on the radio.
6: I could do yeah. that. Okay.
3: Yeah. All right. And ask let's
4: them that. try to find out Bella's status. Right. So that, you know, maybe they can put Bella to the side instead of keeping her going down the line.
3: Hold on a second. I'm, excuse me, girls. Oh, hey, everybody. It's an uh, animal activist and uh, ecologist uh, Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg, how are uh-huh. you?
1: We must save Bella. This pig should be free to run and love and laugh. (laughs) Save the pig. Save Bella.
3: (gasps) Greta, you're such an activist. Uh, What can we do for Bella the pig? There's got to be a way I can cut through all the red tape
1: the pig is in jail and I'm in jail. We must open the gates and let her run free. Use your power. Do
4: something good for the planet for once in your life. How
3: dare you? What are you? you doing in jail? I did read she you're in jail. She was
4: arrested, yeah.
1: Yeah,
3: Germany, Greta Thunberg. I,
1: Little I was Greta protesting Thunberg. because they're spreading coal. the dirty coal all over the planet and I was protesting and they put me in jail. The German miners' hearts are filthy and black. Just like the coal they rub from mother Uh, But we must save Bella! Oh...
4: Is she be uh, all right? Where is
1: she? I'm breaking out right now. I'm going to oh, save breaking Bella out of myself. Jail? Right. Yes, oh, okay. I'm breaking out. Please help Bella. My little hamster is in my vagina right now. He's oh. going to what? help me chew through the barbed wire and get into the slaughterhouse to save Bella the pig. Do oh
3: you have a hamster in your vagina that's going to break you out of jail?
1: Yes, listen to me. Plop him out. I'm going to plop him. <laughs> uh. Now chew, chew your way, chew your way into the slaughterhouse. Save little Bella. How long was
6: that hamster?
3: Uh, how long was the ha- Robin wants to know? How long the hamster was in your vagina? All right, I got to go. I Thank carry
1: you. hampers with me. No, wait! I'll tell you. You must save the pig. Or you can die naturally.
3: Well, if we've got uh, Greg Tomburg on our side, honey, I know you're getting upset. We're gonna get. We're gonna get this pig out of uh, I, 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 the slaughterhouse. We're gonna do it.
9: I'm going
7: to call this guy.
3: Hold it. I got a guy here. He's a lawyer. That's what you here need. We go. All right. What can you do, Greg?
7: Hey now, Howard. How you doing? Well, it's hard at the South Florida Fair, but uh, um, to try to get an injunction to get this pig out of there, it's not easy down here in the South, um, but hmm. uh, um, there may be a way to try to get an emergency action in court. I mean, I'm a criminal lawyer, but uh, I am a lawyer down here. I've been for 22 years, so. I'm right by the fair. And the fair is a fucked up place.
3: Well, I don't yeah. know anything about the fair. I don't know anything yeah. about that. We just want to save the pig. I just
9: pig.
3: want Bella home. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the, the bitch. She's got a home. These people want to put the pig in, a, in an animal sanctuary. And it's like, oh, wow. I feel bad. Like, uh, We're not trying know. to destroy
4: the industry. We're just trying to get Bella
3: yeah did the guy say gary did the guy say he'd speak to me off the air maybe i can make a deal with him
6: they did not pick up um i oh. had to leave a voicemail and then i called i i suspect he probably saw my number and didn't want to deal with it so right. i called from a, a block number and they also did not pick up oh, and i also left name. i left two messages should
9: i give them the name who else could we call i,
7: you, I have you, the name you can We're try to get in touch with the South Florida. I mean, they have the South Florida um, Rescue Center. They do a lot of great work down here with turtles and sea turtles. They have a lot of reach, a lot of power.
1: Hey, they
3: Greg, can you, you them. call them for me and like kind of put out the word?
7: You, I'll give them a call and find out what I could do. Sure. Thank right, you.
3: Thanks. Anything we uh, help? Let
7: me call and see if I can help Bella. All right, guys. Thank you.
3: All right. Cool. Thank you. All right. Uh, thanks, Greg. Greg right. from Florida. All right, listen, I'm maybe go
9: pace until I hear anything. Well, right, you want to try um... the governor's office? Or what is a
4: local official? I don't know. Uh I don't
6: know how Florida works. So, I will tell right. you. I don't I don't um Do you remember the woman we spoke to who was a uh I think she was like she was she was I don't know if she was in Congress, but she was down there. We spoke to her about 6 or 8 months yeah. ago. Yeah. Yes, yes. We, we we left a message with her. Okay. You know, oh good. We know some. That'll work. Oh, yeah,
1: good. we All
3: know some of them. We know some woman who's a congresswoman from Florida. You know, she's a big deal. She calls in sometimes, so we'll get into we'll we'll get on
9: this. And I'm going to call Lois.
3: Call yeah. Lois. All right. Yeah. All, All right. right, honey.
9: Wheels are turning. Let's get Miller home.
3: You show Robin the hickeys I gave you the other night. You
9: know what? <laughs> so I'm seeing my parents, I put makeup on them. Oh,
3: you did? How they look? Yeah, you can't see I can them. See
9: them? Yeah.
3: Crazy. I swear, it was me. Uh, I what? I remember was I, I was smelling your neck while I was performing my coitus on you, and uh, <laughs> I climbed on top of Beth, and I just kind of had my mouth on her neck, and I was like, I was maybe biting a little bit, but not sucking. Got carried away, you want, did you? I think I got carried away because <laughs> you looked like you were chewed on by the beaver and Greta Thunberg's uh, vagina.
4: It looked like wow. the hamster got her.
3: Yeah, the hamster. Yeah. She was supposed <laughs> to say beaver. That was the joke. She had a beaver oh, in her beaver. Oh, yeah, She said right. hamster? Yeah, I'll get a over
9: beaver. it.
4: Beaver.
3: Yeah. Well,
9: you have anything else you want to talk to me about?
3: Well, I mean, you don't want your parents to see you today oh, with all like hickeys. God forbid they know what i That's we're why sex. I had my
9: hair down yeah. and was wearing a hat.
3: <laughs> I'm sure your dad wouldn't like it. Like, oh, that oh animal, Howard goodness, Stern, is what did you biting.
6: Do?
3: I get passionate with my lovemaking. <laughs> I love you. I do. I adore you um i don't know I, I i know you're distracted with this with getting yeah, the pig out
9: how when are you having when are you finished are you i'll be finished time?
3: a little bit i want to wrap up i got to talk about bigfoot i got a couple okay. of things all right all right
9: thank you all, right. all. um update on monday right um bella yeah please yeah please, yes. please
3: save this pig i i, I hate please. these stories like the pig could have a nice life
9: an amazing life <sighs>
3: by my love all this animal rescue we got a bunny We got cats. What's wrong? (laughs) What are you laughing about? I know you're upset. We're gonna. I'm telling you, I'm on this. My fans, they know what to do. Hey, listen, you guys, you better come through and save that pig. Come on, make me a hero. We
4: never ask for anything. Save Bella. I'm not
3: asking you to do anything crazy. I'm not asking you to uh, join my hundred dollar concierge service like Bill (laughs) O'Reilly. Let's go save this pig and help help me get continue to get laid. You know. Hey, Ralph, what up? Hey, now, you there? <laughs> yeah. yeah, where else am
7: I going to be? I, I was going to call about Stephen Smith, but I, I'm I'm fascinated with this pig now. Can, can't you give the name of the slaughterhouse and have somebody run over there? Because that pig can get, be killed any second. I think you know it's, what
3: I mean? here's what here's my thought. I, I think this story is very well publicized. and um, Somebody will figure it out. It's, yeah, I think there's, now we put it into the wind. Maybe somebody can just, before something really stupid happens and they slaughter the pig. Right, because that could happen. Maybe, maybe someone who knows this story intimately can just say, hey, I was listening on the Howard Stern show. They got a nice home for the pig.
6: Let's
3: quietly, Let's not make a big fucking deal. It didn't have to be such a big deal. And then just like kind (laughs) of... But there's probably a million
7: slaughterhouses in Florida. Yeah, but
3: people know... I'm telling you, this story is on the news now. I think people know.
7: Is it so great?
3: (laughs) I just... I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going on here. But I'm just trying to save the pig's life. That would be nice. The pig was so cute, too. When it was at the auction... It was wearing like a dress and it had a name. Oh, they haven't dim-
7: given it a personality, yeah. but and they it, were still willing to dress kill it. They dressed it up and then they wanted to vlog yeah, it. Yeah, they,
3: they put horrible. it. The, the people who, here's the story from what I understand. The, the, you know, the pig was in a little tutu <sighs> and they named her Bella. And uh, they had a whole personality thing with her, you know what I mean? There she is. That's oh, her. They look got her, at her.
4: She got a crown on.
3: She got a crown and a tutu, and they named her. So these animal rights people—not not, not animal rights—they they run a sanctuary to save animals. And they saw the pig, and I forget what the price was on the pig. I I, I don't know how many it details. It sounds like a up. bid
4: kind of thing, and they won. It the was bid. a
3: bid. They won the bid, and they said, "Please, uh, just give us the pig. We have a truck. We're, we're yeah, going we to the pig.
4: Pick up the pig now."
3: And evidently they said to her, no you have to the pig has to die this it's a bad message if you don't kill the pig or something hey, something cockamamie. so yeah. to who exactly who cares this pig could have a nice life uh the pig doesn't have to die. the pig is a name everyone's attached to it i think um uh, you know how the well they
4: pardon those turkeys at Thanksgiving in yeah. the White House? This could be the same kind of thing. Yeah, just uh, I, come on. Just
7: I, I want to meet the person who would like would see that pig all dressed up to uh, and buy it and kill it. You know what I mean? It's like that's twisted.
3: I'm sure if I could go over there, which I'd be willing to do, right, I could right. sit down with all parties involved and like talk a little sense. You know, this stuff. It's like like what Stephen A. Smith said. You know, you you pick up the phone, you call. And you just, you know, you're straight with people. They respond well to it. If I learned anything, I certainly learned that from Stephen A. Smith.
7: Well, that's what I was calling about. I mean, except for NSL football, I'm not a big ESPN sports guy. And I really, really wasn't looking forward to him. But man, he was so fucking good. And. Everything that came out of his mouth, I was riveted and, and, and not like I could totally relate to the, you know, the father who didn't show up and the mother who had to do double duty and all that. I mean, and that just resonated with me. But everything was said, you know, his career and how he talks to people. I, I'm like a fan of his now.
3: Really? Oh, me too. I mean, uh I I don't watch sports at all, but the guy I met yeah, today. Yeah, you're going
4: to start watching Steven, and you well, won't know met, what he's talking about cuz you don't watch the sports. The guy <laughs> yeah, I met cares? today. Like, I like the it. guy
3: I met today was highly evolved and lovely and uh yeah. I just was moved by him as a human being. I thought he was terrific.
7: You know, but, you uh, said something to him about his mother and like aren't you angry with her for not confronting the father and letting him be that guy and you know I know from my experience that you know that thought goes through your head but years ago especially women couldn't stand up like they can now you know yeah. and you need a lot of support to leave a man so yep. yeah, you know that it, it's not that easy
3: for you alright Ralph thank you and uh, uh, let's get on this uh, pig story now okay <laughs> <laughs> Well, what can I tell you? Uh. All right. Well, there's a couple of things. I see a couple of people want to talk about uh, Stephen A. Smith and pigs. Yes. Go ahead, Dwayne. Which topic do you want?
5: Well, thanks so much for taking my call. Long time fan. First time caller. I want to talk about Stephen A. Smith um, was a casual fan of Stephen A. Smith being a sports fan. Uh, but the interview really made me a, a bigger fan and I think it's, a, it's comparable to your long-form Springsteen you know, uh, interview in a short form. I could totally see you sitting down with Stephen A. Smith for the sports fans and be just as riveting for the music fans. And also, we need to save Bella. Can we trade Rooster to get Bella out?
3: I'm willing to trade Benji you, for uh, you, uh, Bella. Uh,
4: one of the, you would let Benji be slaughtered if they have yeah, to slaughter. That's
3: right. If they have to slaughter somebody, <laughs> and Benji's got a lot of meat on him, so uh, <laughs> no, I, I didn't um,
4: even think Bella was big enough. Be- Bella's not that big. There's not a lot of meat there.
3: Well, you know, Dwayne, to address the first topic, when I was sitting and talking with Stephen A. Smith, uh, oddly enough, I was thinking a lot about Bruce Springsteen and some of the things he said about his evolution as a person and how he uh, sort of dealt with his childhood and, th- and therapy and all that stuff. And I thought that the two of them actually had a lot in common. So, uh, yeah, I was uh, impressed with Stephen A. Smith in the same way that I was super impressed with uh, Bruce Springsteen. So I agree with you on that. Um, let's go to Karen. Karen, go ahead in Ohio, Karen.
1: And yes, hi. first time long time absolutely love your show. um, I would like to donate a thousand dollars to save Bella.
4: Well, you and don't well, even have not to a do that of money
3: because according well, money to what I know some is people. The, the sanctuary is all prepared they they put up the money and everything else, and uh I don't know it's just silly. It's, so, it's just so silly the whole thing. Who cares? Uh, go ahead, Ron. Ron in uh, Florida. He's Ron from Florida. Go ahead, Ron. <laughs> hey, Howard. hey
5: um, Howard. I feel very badly about Bella, and I spoke to a guy who is on the board of the South Florida Fair just now, and I heard this on the radio, and he said oh. that they paid $5,000 for this pig, knowing full well that the state
7: law is that if you sell a pig like this, it has to go to slaughter.
3: Can I say so, something, though, Ron? Here's my <laughs> thought about laws you know i agree with you i agree with you ever since ever since trump you know i i see in the news anyway they say well you know president trump didn't uh be paid seven dollars in taxes or uh or president trump um you know encouraged the the so-called insurrection and all this kind of thing and i go i guess no laws you know if those laws can be broken what are they worried with a pig? Okay, so here's somebody, some good Samaritan who wants to save the pig from slaughter. They have a feeling for this pig. You know what? We look enough, we overlook enough laws in this country. You could overlook this law. It's okay. Let the pig We're go live in the sanctuary. It's not going to do anything bad. It's, we agree, uh, but I think the I think the only way you're going to do that is get I mean, this is him. the law that they're following. I mean, it yes. seems to me there's complete <laughs> lawlessness in this country. Yeah,
4: like the uh, the country will break down <laughs> if Bella doesn't get slaughtered. Yeah.
3: I I'm mean, sure. we live in it's a country sure. where a woman a woman was given uh high honors in congress, uh, put on many committees. She was uh, advocating uh that the Jews are putting space lasers in the sky and um, and causing weather problems in california i mean in a country that accepts this kind of behavior can't we accept that the pig could live? I mean, uh, 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 good lord! I mean, it, it seems like everyone's that's right.
4: overlooking so the everything. Pig is probably smarter than Congress.
3: Oh, yeah, I mean,
5: you guys <laughs> are 100 right, but, but the state, Florida, the South Florida Fair
3: can't break. No, that I understand, law. but you know right, what? So somebody, Maybe somebody on the level they could have done. You know, yeah, they could have yeah. looked the other way. I mean, what do you think? You're going to go to jail? They don't. Go, they don't put you in jail I, for trying to overthrow an election. <laughs> I'm going to keep. I mean, trying. what's everyone worried about? Okay, Ron, keep trying. Come on. I hear your point, but it seems to me a lot of laws are just kind yeah, of
4: like like. Apparently, aside. there are exceptions to every rule. Let's let's get one of those.
3: Listen, I got nothing against the fair, and I got nothing against the slaughterhouse. In this country, we do eat animals. Animals are slaughtered, and animals are auctioned off. But here is a case where a good Samaritan, this couple, want to save a pig. Let them save the fucking pig.
4: It's getting more sake. publicity, and this message is going, you know, if you just I let mean, them take the pig home, nobody would know this.
3: It's crazy. What Hello, do you want, Jason? Jason? Enough with the pig. I mean, uh, to, to no, let I the pig good, free.
6: Go, I go ahead. Pig, I have a pig update for you. So uh, we were able to talk to State Senator Tina Polsky. Yeah. Um, she was unaware of this story, but is getting educated on it now. And she is going to be reaching out directly to Florida's commissioner of agriculture, who is a personal friend of hers, oh. um, to see what can be done. Do you think oh. Beth could call her? Yeah, I don't see why not. Let me uh, let me send up Beth uh, her contact number. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Okay, thanks. No problem. There you go.
4: Oh, that's relieving.
3: Yeah, no, We're finally. getting
4: to somebody who could actually do something.
3: Finally, we have some connections.
4: Roundabout. It, it took us a while.
3: <laughs> it took a while. Jason, What? what is... What, give her name again. I, mean, I want to uh, honor
6: her. Tina Polsky. She, she said Polsky, she's going to yeah. treat this like you're a constituent and, and like the pig is a constituent and fight to see what she the can love The pig is a
4: constituent. It's a, yes. a Floridian.
6: Listen, you never know.
3: This pig... If we save its life, it could end up curing cancer or doing something great in the world. You don't know. It could be a very bright pig. You just don't know. Let's Fingers save the pig. Crossed. Yeah. We'll all feel good. I know lots of pigs die every day, but let's let this pig live. Who cares. People carrying on. Right, Robin? Right. That's right. Right, Brian Romberg.
4: I don't understand (laughs) why, you know, people just can't see right away. Let's not make this a big deal. These people want to keep the pig. Let them have the pig. Right. They get so caught up in there. No, no. No." Everything's
3: no. Just it it, it, should have looked the other way, Uh, Jacqueline. No, who cares, Jacqueline? Go ahead.
0: Hey, Howard. Can you hear me? Sure, hi. uh I have a huge crush on John Blitt. I wondered if he is dating at all or I could possibly give him my contact info and I'm
3: talking have, about uh, uh my writer uh John blitt one of my uh
4: one yes, of my I staff what it, John or? Blitt, do you know? <laughs>
3: I'm well, explaining a... to the audience this woman's phone call. Not everybody <laughs> hangs on our every word. And not everyone knows the name John Blitz. So I'm <laughs> attempting to make this coherent. Jacqueline is a uh, caller who says she's in love with John Blitz and correct. wants to date him. Uh, I, from what I understand, I can tell you that I do know that John gets a lot of women.
0: That's
3: um, fine.
4: What do you look like? But he said he was looking for, well, at least in the Drew Barrymore thing, he said he was looking for no. a real relationship. That's, Who knows? that's another thing, because I,
0: after the Super Bowl thing, I was just beyond, because it was so great. I'm into the pranks, I'm into the partying and all that. And then when he got thrown into the dating game, I went, oh, fuck, now everybody's going to know how great he is.
3: Uh, I but, just got a bulletin I'm going to share with you, Jacqueline. Oh. John is in a relationship and says it's the best sex he ever had. John, come on on. What happened? I don't know. All of a sudden. I told yeah, you he has no is. trouble getting women. Yeah,
1: What's so going does. on, John?
10: There's a little bit of fake news. I've been dating someone, I've gone on a handful of dates with her, and she's incredible. Totally adore her. It's not an exclusive thing. Um, hmm. um, but I, I am dating someone a little bit now who's pretty amazing. So are you? It
3: it sounds like Jacqueline is. Uh, it, you, you sound like a lot of guys. In other words, you were dating. Now it's suddenly not so serious because. No, it's.
10: I listen. I adore this person. Uh, she's absolutely sensational. We've been on on six dates, and I'm definitely. So you're saying you want to date her. Jacqueline? No, I didn't say that. I said I'm oh. dating someone that I'm. I'm I really adore. She's are you in love with her? I definitely adore her and I'm definitely totally. What smitten is the difference between
3: adore and
10: love? Well, uh, love is, you know, you're in a totally exclusive relationship with her and you want to kind of go to the next level, I guess. Adoring is more of a smitten kind of thing.
4: So when you say that
10: you're. Dating? Are yeah. you dating other people as well? You know, that's the interesting thing. I'm not dating other people because every time I swipe, I'm like, "What? Well, what am I wasting my time here for?" I'm really into this person, so you uh, met you know, this yeah. person uh, on an app. Yeah, I met her on an app, and then, in I other words, you saw a picture DMs. and you
3: swiped her picture, yeah. and you said, uh, "I want you." And she wrote back, "Hey, you look pretty good to me. I'm going to go out on a date with you."
10: Yeah, well, I I kind of slid into her DMs and I sent mm-hmm. her a message and. She wrote back, she saw one of my Boiling Points videos on the Instagram and thought I was recruiting people to be on my prank show, which I wasn't. And she was like, you seem funny. And hold, on, was, hold on, hold yeah, on. Are you saying,
3: is this someone who knew of you from the radio, or is this no. someone who had no idea? No idea. No idea. No, no idea. And no idea. and um, um, would a, a, a sexy picture of Jacqueline perhaps uh, change your mind? Uh, if you saw that she was as hot as, let's say... um uh, Angelina Jolie, would that change uh, your mind at all?
10: Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I'm kind of into this this person that I'm seeing. Uh, do you have a picture,
3: yeah. Jacqueline, of yourself? You can email me right now. Uh,
0: I would give him my Facebook info off air, but I actually was on your show when you were at K-Rock mm. and I, in a particular beauty contest, and I do not want to say what because I have a thin skin and I would tell everybody off the air, but I was not looking my best because I had one day to get there because I lived in Florida at the time. So I look better now than I did then. So if I could. Just what do you weigh?
3: Up. What do you weigh? It's an important question. 110. I'm 5'1. Oh. 110 5'1. One. Perfect. Oh, that's pretty. Oh, hey, got, right. I perfect.
0: N- I got naked during this pageant. And wow. I look better now. So he can see me naked. I don't want to give that information out, but you guys have it.
3: So Would you I like to see you. a naked picture of Jacqueline? Uh, and
10: I, I, <laughs> I don't think so. I think I'll, um, no. I'll you know, politely uh, pass on the naked picture. But thanks ah, for such the a offer. Gentleman. You know, I, gentleman. Yeah.
0: I just had to be honest to let them know that I actually did strip down during that contest. But if he were you in like,
3: the uh, were you in the Miss Butterface contest? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? No.
0: No, no, not no. that. And you, Alf, were actually really nice to me. I I expected to get, you know, the lazy corner. Right. Well,
3: I tell that. you what, Jacqueline, I'm going to keep your name on file. And if uh, Blip breaks up, which if chances are, once, out, yeah. once this woman gets to know him, I'm sure she'll break up with him. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, you'll, you'll, that'll happen. Yeah, that's for <laughs> me too. Uh. I
10: had, well, John,
3: every one of your relationships has failed, right? I mean, uh, how old are you at this point? I'm 51 years old. And you I, I don't
10: see them as a failure. I think we ended I up dope. splitting up, but they did last for, you know, a handful of years. Hopefully this one will kind of last. Probably not. She is a, probably 51? not. But I'm give I a, didn't know Blit was that old. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, old, yeah. I'm an old, I'm an old man, but he's never on been a married. Year, <laughs> the first time I went out with her, this girl, I, I broke I broke out sweating, like profusely sweating in front of her, and it was it was like a bad acid trip. I had to go to the bathroom to wipe down. There was no paper towel, only toilet paper. Couldn't use the toilet paper, so I had to use the paper that 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 they used to wrap the toilet paper to wipe down. Yeah, it was. was, In
4: other
3: words, she was so beautiful and so like, oh, the one you got all charged up.
10: Yeah, I was like, I'm sweating because I'm nervous. She's like, or you're a drug addict. One of yeah, I was say,
4: were you high that day? <laughs> no, no, no,
10: no, no. Yeah. Can
3: I ask, wow. Can
0: I, ask a can I ask a question?
3: You can ask uh, a question if I can ask one first. Were you in the biggest hemorrhoid contest? Where, where people? Enough? You were not. They okay. Were All right. Go ahead. Ask your question, Jacqueline.
0: Uh, two of them. One is, did you adore your fiance that you broke up with lately?
10: I did, did yeah, have- and I didn't break up with her. She ended it with me, but I, I, I did. I was madly in love with her for sure. I wouldn't have wow. proposed, or I, I wouldn't I- have, you know, been with her. Why'd she break up with least- you? What? I- go I ahead, think she Jack? Just- I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jack.
0: Yeah. Oh no, I was just saying. Can I at least leave my name and contact info off the air, just in case? Nothing casual. I just wanted to go out on a date because I bad. You want
3: life. him bad. I mean, uh, you do live in Illinois. He lives in New York. I mean, I don't oh, know, he- but.
0: I yeah, can get smart. anywhere I need to get to meet him, right. and I'm not like the best. But after you got to admit, after the JD Super Bowl footage, with the hike and the proposal on the plane, I mean, come on, what's funnier than that?
3: So you weren't in the Miss Butterface contest. You weren't <laughs> in the biggest hemorrhoid contest. Were you in the Miss Amputee contest? Nope. Hmm. Boy, we've had some great contests.
0: <laughs> Off of here, but I don't want to say on the air because.
3: All right. I understand. All right. Jacqueline, I tell you what. Why don't you guys take down her number when Blit breaks up with this girlfriend or she actually breaks up with him? Yeah. Maybe Jacqueline could uh, date Blit. It seems he's in demand.
10: Okay. How's that, Jacqueline? How long were you engaged, Blit? Uh, I guess for maybe like two years, something like that. That was too long. That was yeah, too Yeah, probably. Long. Well, look, I, <laughs> I wanted to, you know, get married and like one time we were like having this kind of, little little tiff and she's like are you saying if i said let's go to city hall right now and get married you would get married i was like yeah let's go do it right now (laughs) she she didn't expect that response from me and she kind of went on tilt but yeah no it was sad it was a bummer but you know moving on this girl is fantastic i don't even know what to do with myself i'm really kind of like usually i'm pretty cool calm and collective but with this thing I, i don't even know I don't even know what to do. But all right. Calm
3: uh, down, number one. First of all, I'm going to tell you, you to relax a little. All I'm right. Relaxed. You're getting carried yeah. away here. Totally. We'll see what happens. And you we'll say, uh, hey, Jacqueline, uh, were you in the world's biggest clit contest?
0: <laughs> no. No? No. Were you, were
3: you in the I want to fuck my grandfather uh, contest?
0: No, I was
4: not.
3: Okay. All right. I'm just trying to determine. I wanna, uh,
4: what? We didn't do that. You weren't. I'd be more than happy to say We
3: actually uh, did. A fuck my granddad contest. It was um it, it, we got a well, grandpa it wasn't for laid.
4: You to fuck your granddad. No, no. Were you in the
3: to... Were Go you ahead. in the Tiger Woods beauty
0: pageant?
4: No.
3: No? Okay.
4: Widowed and,
0: and single. Were you in the so were I... you in
3: the uh, bloodiest tampon contest?
4: Nope. Nothing
3: no? humiliating. Hmm. All right. Okay. You, I Can don't, we I don't ask how name.
4: old you are? I mean, maybe John has some criteria that would disqualify you.
3: Uh, I, I, listen, <laughs> I'm done with this. Hold on, and I'll I'll, I'll hold your number in case uh, this could ever go down. And in I the don't meantime, want her to uh, waste her
4: time if John right. doesn't want her because of how old she is.
3: Hmm. In the meantime, uh, travel. uh, I find naked pictures of her and send them to me, uh, immediately. <laughs> unless she was in the hairiest. Are you
4: to hairy... evaluate? Are you des- <laughs> well, yeah, un- to evaluate? Uh,
3: unless she was in the hairiest ass contest, which uh, <laughs> I did not like. <laughs> I like All her. right, Blit. Good luck with this girl. Well, thank you yeah, so much.
4: That sounds great.
3: All right. Send me some did. pictures of her. I'd like to see. Absolutely. What's so great.
4: Maybe wow. he's found the one. Best no, there sex he ever had. The
3: one's. And this boy's white. had some sex, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Has S- Speaking of sex, next week, Pamela Anderson, who I haven't seen in years, is going to be here. I, I know. was watching. Oh, I
4: saw that. I was like, because I've been thinking about Pam and wondering why we haven't seen her in so long.
3: I watched her documentary. I think the documentary was on Netflix, but I think they sent me an advanced copy. I don't know. I'll get all the information. It's Netflix. Me. It's Netflix. And yeah.
4: it is on Netflix now.
6: That I don't
3: know. Yeah. I, I don't know either, but uh, Pam will be here next Wednesday. She'll fill us in. Yeah. She's they also voted. written a book. And, uh, you know, sexy Pam Anderson will be talking to her. I did want to give you the Bigfoot update and talk to you about some of the fan feedback. But you know what? It's getting late. Yeah. And I am. Um, I get very cranky when it's late. You know that. So I could always, on uh, Monday show give you the bigfoot update it's he's written a book it's a powerhouse it's 15 pages of non-stop wow. action
4: i don't know how, how long do you think it'll take you to read those 15 pages
3: me i'm a bit slow so uh, <laughs> uh but it's a great when you hear him describing it i tell you it's awfully compelling the guy's got a lot of good stories Also, uh, I will uh, do the rundown on the best phony phone call of uh, 2022 that I've been promising to get
4: to. Dying to know what won this year.
3: Yeah. But uh, listen, we got a lot going on. I got to go rescue a pig. Please, dear pig, do not be in that slaughterhouse getting slaughtered right now. I got to get on that. And it won't be good. Yeah. And that's it. All right. Robin, uh... Robin. That's it. Just Robin. All right. <laughs> Bye.